Well, hello there, dead and lovely listeners, and welcome to the brand newest installment of the Action Most Packed, Packed Action House of Action Place You've Ever Seen, Action August, Dead and Lovely, Smooth Entry. Nailed it. <laughs> Action August! Boom. Action August! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Somebody, we did good. like may be very confused right now and it may be me but a first-time listener might not know this is usually a horror movie review show it sure is and we take the month of august to take a break from oral films Mm -hmm. and talk about some action films now don't we i'm gonna take the month of august off just to get you off yeah Ooh, damn hot <laughs> Damn! Look uh-huh. at you. Who's, who's getting freaky on the other end of that line? That's me, Hollywood Steve. What's going on, y'all? Whoa! It's me, your good buddy Uncle Ben, and we are here today to be talking about one in Diana Honess and the Last Crusade, aren't we? I love, I love the Last Crusade. Hell when you, yeah! You know what? When you're you're working your way through a package of Crusades. You get to the last one. That's the best one. Yeah, that's a good point, man. You know, for a crusade, I didn't see them like absolutely slaughtering heathens nearly as much as they should have been. Right? Very few heathens are slaughtered, though a lot of Nazis bite it, and I reckon they're heathens. So that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely true. Well, at least the crusades did something good, right? Mow down a bunch of Nazis. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing you hear about. The Crusades is that a bunch of Nazis got killed. <laughs> at least there's that, you know? At least there's that, yep. There's at History. least one real good crusade, I guess, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get straight on to the movie review portion, uh, if you like, just really want to know, you know, you're, you're scanning the podcast being like, I don't know well, if should I should I take the time movie? to watch this movie. Yeah. Hmm, this Dead and Lovely show, they're only um, longer than the movie. Maybe they'll tell me if I should watch it or not. Hmm. <laughs> You should. You should watch it. Yeah, the answer is yes. I mean, go for it. Do it. Obviously. But if you want to get straight onto the movie talk, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But before we get there, as usual, we're going to shoot the shit, have a chin wag, a co-beer, and all kinds of good stuff. You mind if I go ahead and crack me open a cold one? Crack open a cold beer, my friend. I'd love to hear it. Oh, there it was. You hear that refreshing snap? Snap. Yeah, that was nice. That's the sound of a Lagunitas Brewing Company Island Beats Tropical Ipa. Mm. Have you ever had one of these? No, I haven't. I haven't had one of those. I haven't been I've uh, it at the grocery drinking store. a whole lot in, in the past month or so. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you what, a Lagunitas sounds real nice. That'd be good. Not drinking enough. I didn't know you'd become a plum sissy on me. I guess I knew I've you moved to Portland and become a, a dang Yankee, <laughs> but I didn't know you was a sissy Yankee on top of it. I am smoking so much weed, um, I barely even think about a beer. I'll tell you that. There's so much weed Hell. here. Just it's. I think, I'm pretty sure the stuff that I keep finding on the ground outside is weed. I think it is. Wow, wow. Yeah. So you're just over there doing shots of bong water. You've put down the yeah, beer, absolutely. and you're just chugging that bong water, aren't you? <laughs> chugging bong like, to get high, because you get higher <laughs> when you chug the bong water. Everybody knows wow. that. Wow. Man, you're getting desperate. You're getting desperate. Well, you get the cotton mouth, and then you chug the bong water, and it just uh-huh. makes it worse. It's a vicious cycle. <laughs> God damn Ooh. it. I, listen, I have never, ever tasted bong water. But let me tell you something. 
the concept right now of it going in my mouth Ugh. is the most horrific thing we've ever talked about on this podcast. <laughs> I think it's on my mind because a friend of mine sent me a, a DM on Instagram the other day of like an inexperienced marijuana bong user taking like a big rip, but also like tipping the bong back oh, as he was God. inhaling and like he, he got a face full of that shit. It looked. Yeah. So gross. It upset me tremendously to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I did and not have know, a good time. Teenagers don't change that bong water and they don't uh, clean no. that fucking bong. Oh, yuck. yuck. Yuck, yuck, Nope. I can tell you that thing did not look very clean. So I assume that feller probably had himself a pretty rough time. I've had myself a pretty good time this week, though. I've been pretty chill. Nothing too much, too crazy going on. We're in the middle of a little... Uh, kind of the uh, the entryway to a little staycation week for my wife's birthday. Her birthday's uh, later on in the week. And uh, just, you know, due to all of our hustling and bustling and coming and gozing like we've been doing here lately, uh-huh. we decided not to travel by map for once, and we decided to stay the fuck at home and just kind of be chill and do the minimum, which, of course, has been highly refreshing. I've been having a good time, and it's only about to get more lazier this is one of the Hell last yeah. like things that i'm like really like i have to do this week this is the last work i'm doing you know oh, so yeah. after this that's spring awesome. break baby yeah fuck yeah dude i um i i got a birthday coming up myself oh yeah you uh, do don't you yeah kate and i are our b- birthday neighbors y'all's neighbors um, that's right uh-huh so yeah I, I got myself a birthday coming up and uh i have no plans the only plans yeah? i ever chilling so i guess we're doing about the same thing well, there you go, man. You got to make yourself a special uh, birthday cake. I know you're a cooksman yourself. I am. Um, boy, I don't know. I mean, uh, I I, I uh, do love to bake a cake, but it's been so hot this summer. I just have not been craving anything too heavy. Mm, uh, yep, yep, yep. So I might make myself. I mean, I I, I make this kind of regularly. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is if you're if you're the type who gets stoned. And is like, uh, you know what be good? Pudding and yogurt together. It is. It is really what? good. Yeah. Get what? yourself get yourself a packet of uh, sugar-free chocolate pudding and a vanilla. Uh, I-, I use Tillamook vanilla yogurt uh, and, and uh, high-protein milk. I, it ends up with like 28 grams of protein in it. That is Free my gains. favorite dessert. It is fucking mm. awesome. Yes, it's so good. Well, look at that. What do you know about I've that? I've been enjoying it. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, like, it's not heavy. It, it, it's like rich, but it's not heavy, you know? Right, right. I'm imagining a time where, like, I'm in your kitchen and I'm like, what are you putting in this yogurt? And you're like, that's exactly it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> what are you putting in this yogurt? What? What? And you're like, Yes. You know Dude. how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Well, who's on first team? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you though, I'm, anybody out there who's looking for a good high uh, uh, dessert, it's quick, it's easy. You use like use like half the milk that the pudding calls for. Mix it with the milk, then throw in, in the pudding. Well, I'm telling you, you're oh, mad, buddy. Man. It's awesome. It's great. It'll do it. You're a madman. You must be stopped, man. I've been uh-huh. enjoying having myself some lazy couch time and watching a pellicula, a flicker oh, yeah? and picker with synchronized sound this week. We have wow. watched many a thing, man. And I'll tell you what, I think our movie cycles must be in sync. We're fully synchronized now yeah. because mm-hmm. I've been going plumb, goddamn fast and furious. You and I both Too have fast. just been, Too we've been family, family. Yeah. Family. 
Yeah. Family. I noticed. Okay, so you you, you guys have been watching it. We've been watching it because uh, we're, we're going to do a Hell Rankers uh, this month. But like um, the, I noticed in five that for some reason Vin Diesel gives off disappointed stepmom vibes. <laughs> like his his it's a looks. specific vibe, and I can see yeah. it. I can see it. Yeah, because he gives looks like he wants to say something, but he doesn't feel like he can say something. But the look is saying it any damn way. Mm, it's yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I can so see it. You, I can totally see yeah. it. Yeah. Which ones have you guys watched? So we did watch five, which was fucking awesome. Holy yeah, shit! Uh-huh. Like we watched yeah, four. We also watched that one. Um, yeah, we, we watched four last week. I mentioned that on the show last time, and it was kind of like, eh, it was, it was all right. But, dude, a bunch of people had told me in advance that, like, five is really kind of the sweet spot of the series, and they were not yeah. kidding. Yep. Like, this isn't just good for Fast and the Furious. Like, this is just a fucking dope-ass heist yeah. movie. Dude, the, It's the, so fun. Them dragging that safe through Rio dude, de Janeiro, that whole... The best. It's awesome. It is Amazing. great. Some awesome... dude practical stunts like so many fucking great practical stunts that's why you love fast and the furious they drag that bank vault around for it's like gotta be 20 or 30 minutes at the end of the movie and it never quits being cool like they're slinging it around and smashing (laughs) buildings and smashing cars and stuff god damn it they are not the good guys at all like if you pay any attention to the movie it's like they the the person I'm not going to talk about it too much because we're going to talk about it on Hell Records, sure. but the main villain of Fast Five is a neoliberal politician whose evil intention is to give people running water in schools, so Ooh. he then owns them. Yeah, dude, that's how it works. <laughs> what? Because of my handouts. Evil, but he is also stealing tax money that's and that's the money they steal but that's the point like he's bad but they don't they don't give the money back well, <laughs> they <no>. steal it <laughs> <laughs> that's that that is fair yeah that is fair man anyway yeah but that movie's it's so, so fucking, fucking good fun. yeah i loved it man i really really enjoyed that and i'll totally watch that one again like, oh, out absolutely. of sequence like i don't that have to watch great. the other ones i'll just no. fucking sit down and watch five no, Fast Five is great. It brings together like all the elements that are good of the first four without most of the battle. I mean, I still think the, yes. the first one's good, but there there's a lot of like slowness, you know, in, in, in some yeah. of those other sequels that, that Fast Five fixes and then after they're all a lot more like fast paced, I feel like. Oh yeah. We watched Fast Six, like I think the next day, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one was pretty good too honestly i think it's probably in yep. my top three of the fast movies so oh, okay. far um one thing i really enjoyed about it is how much stuff is busting out of other stuff like there's a part <laughs> where a, a tank busts out of a truck which That's is pretty awesome. awesome yeah that is cool <laughs> towards the end there's a car that busts out of a plane that's pretty dope <laughs> that's also good you need that like Bust out of things. That's what yeah. an action movie needs. And then there's that deleted scene where Vin Diesel just like busts straight through that condom. That was pretty wild. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> just bust straight through the thing. <laughs> oh no, I'm making a family. <laughs> Brian, we're family. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was still pretty fun, though. I enjoyed that one quite a lot, man. And we got to uh, Fast 7, which is where we got the introduction of a Yason Statham coming into this oh, franchise. Oh, yeah, that really adds a lot of fun to the series. I mean, I, I love <laughs> how much, like, how over the top it gets in this oh, yeah. series. Like... Jason Statham versus Vin Diesel in that movie is insane. Dude, it's yeah. ridiculous. And by mm-hmm. that point, too, like, you know, the, the Rock by part six or seven has, like, gained uh, some acting chops. He's got, like, a yeah, lot more charisma better. on screen. Yeah. <laughs> he was so stiff earlier. Yeah. Super stiff. Yeah. yeah but he's still The stiff, Rock, man. so you like him, you know. But it's, it's yeah, he's not he's not as good in, in the first couple he's in but he gets a lot better i feel like he gets more into that character because at first he plays pretty stiff yeah definitely man and i was you know i was kind of watching this with sort of a callous jaded outlook where i'm like man i know paul walker died sometime during this movie right so i'm watching the movie being like man when are they going to kill his character off or whatever i kept waiting for it kind of like you know watching the uh Uh last star wars flicks or whatever um and i think the way the movie handled his real life passing was so fucking touching and so yeah, people respectful. Love it. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it really was like, actually, that's the fucking way to do it. That is the best way to handle this. It was mm-hmm. really fucking touching. Like, I was not expecting to, you know, get my allergies going watching a damn old car fight movie, you know? Car fight movie. Uh-huh. A car fight movie where <laughs> this franchise has included... A, a huge desert racing event called Race Wars. Race Wars, they called it. <laughs> they didn't... Race Wars. No one pitched the second... Like, I don't know, maybe... Listen, okay, I understand. Yeah, you're, you're, you don't mean it in that way, but people are maybe going to take it that way, so let's just think of a secondary title. You know... <laughs> Car Wars. How about that? Sounds like Star Wars. Wars. Car Wars. Perfect. Done. There you go. Fixed. Fixed. Yeah, but they're racing. The cars are... What are they doing? They're racing, so it's a race war. Yeah, the race... (laughs) The races themselves are at war. You get it? (laughs) That sounds bad when you say it. I don't mean it that way. Exactly. What? Yeah, no, it's it's real dumb, and I can't believe that they didn't think to... I mean, like... It's interesting. Like I, I again, I don't want to talk too much about them, but I, I feel like there's something, something in that franchise honed in on the viewer that is not paying any attention, like the viewer that's just like, oh my god, explosions! This is great. But it's also like done so masterfully that it, even if you are paying attention and going, wait, why is this happening? You don't care. You're having a nope. blast. You're having a blast. So it's like you don't even care that it doesn't make sense. No, not at all. Like Kate and I are watching this on the couch, and there's so many times that one of us pauses it and looks at the other one and is like, wait, how did the bad guys get the thing? And it's like, I don't know. Does it matter? They have the thing. Now the good guys have to get the thing. Exactly. You get it. You get it. Bad team, good team. You get it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The good guys (laughs) need to win because they're not the bad guys, and the bad guys should lose for being bad. Yep. Dude, the fact that fucking... James Wan of Malignant fame directed part seven was perfect. Like he did so fucking well with it. Like really, he handled the direction and stuff of that flick. Yeah, perfectly. James Wan's great. I, I I think like you know he he ma- he makes that movie uh, 
work. He he really knows how to shoot action in a great way. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some really cool stuff in there, man. So yeah, been enjoying those. We're gonna keep going on that franchise and make our way through them. We also oh, yeah. finished watching um, Shrinking, which is a series on Apple TV that came out a couple months ago. Okay, it's uh, it's got Jason Segel in it as a therapist who has plenty of problems in his own life. Uh-huh. Uh, it's also got Harrison Ford in it, Jessica Jones. It's got a bunch of people that you know in there. Right. It was so goddamn good. It is so fucking good, man. It is. Okay. It's nuanced, it's complex, it's it's touching, but at the same time, it's like a 30-minute fun watch most of the time. Um, so great, so great. And again, just also normalizing mental health care uh, oh, cool. therapy, showing us that you know therapists aren't people that have all the answers, and they have their whole lives figured out. It's like, no, they have normal lives too. They can just you know help you along with your problems as well. Sure. Uh, fuck, man. Really, really good series. I cannot recommend it enough. So cool. fantastic. Cool. I'll check it out. And past that, we watched War of the Roses, man. A classic. Yeah, that is a classic and one I've uh, recently been considering watching because I've been uh, we, we watched Serial Mom not too long ago. Right. Uh, and that uh, in, initiated an interest in watching Kathleen Turner movies in Anna. And she's a when I was, she's she's great. I love Kathleen Turner. So looking through her uh, IMDb, I was reminded, right, she did like that little trilogy of movies with Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito. Hell and yes. I I've only seen War of the Roses one time. That's the only one I haven't rewatched, even though I liked it. Uh, Dude, how is it? Fantastic. I had never seen it before. I had no idea what it was. So it was just like, oh, this is one we used to watch all the time. You'll probably really like it. It's like a dark, dark comedy. And it is. (laughs) Yeah. It is very fucking goddamn dark and so good, man. Such good performances. Those two on screen together are just fucking perfect. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Hilarious. But also fucked up. I would definitely recommend watching it. Yeah. the, The time I saw it as a kid was with my grandmother. Uh, late night on like HBO or Showtime or something. Uh, I saw so many mo- weird movies with my my grandmother around that time. Like yeah. I, she she just there was to her. Why would you filter what a child watches? <laughs> so and you know I thank her for it. Uh, and I would stay up and she wouldn't like make me go to bed. So we'd be up like eleven o'clock at night watching War of the Roses now. You know and it's like nice. One of those like nice memories I I have. I do remember very much enjoying it. It's like one of those things I definitely didn't get fully as a kid because it is probably way over a kid's head. Oh, definitely. I was having a blast just because of the the context. You know, getting to watch it with my grandmother late at night, and I I liked. So I got some of the jokes for sure. Man, <laughs> they're, if only they're you guys funny. like could have done a podcast back then and had like mo- movies with Meemaw as the show, that would have been amazing. That seriously, like, because like my grandmother and my aunt Vicky are seriously the reason why I've seen so many horror movies. Because Is this my the gran- same mamma that liked wrestling too. Oh, that, <laughs> that was my great grandmother. She oh, loved. Tight. WCW wrestling. She Fuck loved yeah. Sting. She loved Ric Flair. She hated the Hollywood Blondes. Yes, exactly for the reason you think. <laughs> I'm not saying she was perfect, 
But the woman did love WCW, NWA wrestling, and the Atlanta Braves. She Every time I was at wow. her house, TBS was the only station on. She was a real that, Ted Turner lady, huh? She was. She was a Ted Turner lady. But yeah, my, a burner I, for Turner. I wish. That would be so funny to go back to my like uh, like <laughs> teenage years and have a podcast with my, my grandmother talking about the... Because we watch Natural Born Killers together, like we. Oh wow! Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> Things I could not imagine yeah. doing with either of my grandmothers. <laughs> my one of mom- which was like as pilled out as Ozzy Osbourne every day of the week, and the other of oh, which damn. was just old country lady. <laughs> yeah, my mom and my grandmother and I watched Natural Born Killers together, and I'm, I watched Casino with my mom. Like so many brutal fucking movies with my mom, wow. my aunt, my wow. my grandmother. Because uh, they all just love brutal shit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, War of the Roses, awesome. Did you watch anything else? No, that's about it for me, dude. Oh, buddy, let me tell you, we had us a little week over here. Uh, just just on Sunday, we, we hung out with our guy Rudy Rockmore, I've mentioned before, lives up here in Portlandia. God, uh, hell of a name. Fucking yeah, hell of a name. Great name. name. <laughs> Rudy's the best, man. We, we had a blast. Had some German beers, some German food. It was fun. Fun time. Um, but we've also been watching us a movie or two. As I said, we've been watching Fast and the Furious just like you guys. Uh, we, we got through Tokyo Drift, uh, the, fast fo- the fourth one, whatever it's called. I think it's just Fast and Furious, right? Oh, man, the names they just a- <laughs> fucking kill me. I keep yeah. having to like Google like which one is part five right. every time we're like looking up what the next one is because yeah. the names are just fucking infuriating. Uh, so, yeah, we got up to five, um, and, and you know we're working our way through. Also watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which I hadn't seen in, a, in quite a while. Fantastic. Uh, and, and excited it is great it's it's a fun time but it also reignited as i said very recently uh the uh my my love for bill and ted's bogus journey because i'm just so excited to rewatch it i haven't seen it in in forever and it was always of the two my favorite so i i really hope it holds up because i haven't seen it in a while but i i think yeah. it will i think it still will be my favorite but yeah awesome. uh, excellent adventure is, is still great we watched uh, They Cloned Tyrone on Netflix. I've been hearing this is fucking amazing, but I don't I know a it. thing about it. Um, I love it. It's so good. It's John Boyega, uh, Tiana Paris, uh, Jamie Foxx. It's, man, let me tell you, it's like a black exploitation, sci fi, mystery, thriller. And it's funny. It's, you know, got some great drama, got some great action. It's, it's, it's got everything you need and the performances Damn. are awesome and the story is so good and i, I don't want to reveal anything uh, you know okay yeah yeah. The, i mean the 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 title kind of gives you an idea what you're getting into right sure yeah 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 sure <laughs> yeah sure yeah. Is, it, is it a show or a movie it's a movie it's uh okay. yeah it's uh two hours not you know it didn't feel like it was long to me definitely had like uh, a lot of good like intermixture between action and then the more dramatic moments and then the more comedic moments and stuff i i like the way it played out um yeah i don't want to say too much though it, it's kind of new it's on it's on netflix go watch it it's well Hell worth yeah. your time you're gonna enjoy it i'm telling you it, okay. i, I laughed right. my ass off I, i'll just tell you at one point 
a white character in the background says, yeah, I boil my chicken. It really brings out the natural flavors. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I kind of humor you're going. getting into, right? <laughs> yep. Love it. Already on board. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, also, we watched Jay and Silent Bob's uh, 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 reboot. The Jay and Silent okay, Bob yeah. reboot that came out a few years ago. Um, uh, you know, it's... You know, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is, I think, my favorite of those Jay and Silent Bob movies. Agreed. But this one was fun. It's definitely for the fans. It's definitely like oh, really focused. Total fan service. Movie. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. I I liked. You know, I I really liked Kevin Smith making fun of himself a lot. That's funny. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very yeah. self aware. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, yeah, it, it was a fun time and definitely now, you know, we're, we're working our way through. So we're up to Clerks 3, which I guess is the most recent, though I know uh, Mall Rats 2 is supposedly in production this year. That's and the I word. Don't know, I don't know if it would be stopped by the strike because he, he does stuff on his own. He doesn't use. Good point. Yeah, company, I don't know. So it probably wouldn't be unless he has Man, them strikers still deal. striking. Yeah, wow. fuck yeah, they're still striking and goddamn uh, the the uh, uh, CGI people, <laughs> the fucking they're they're organizing, they're unionizing, which is going to be the absolute best thing for the strike and the absolute best thing for the goddamn industry because what that would mean is uh, all that CGI bloated nonsense you see where it's like rushed and it looks bad, that's not going to happen anymore because they'd be unionized and you wouldn't be able to rush them and the job be oh, done cool. when it's done. Wow, and then guess what? Also, unionizing would mean that garbage CGI is no longer cheaper than using practical effects. What do so, you know? How about guess that? What? It, yes. So I, they're unionizing. I hope they they vote to fully do it. I mean, by the time this is out, they will have had the vote. Hopefully they do that. Hopefully they strike. Hopefully they join uh, SAG and the Writers Guild because that'd be that'd be awesome. That would just cripple Hollywood. It would be great. <laughs> they Man, get what they I'll want. I'll tell you. Yeah. You know, uh, and of course, some of this stuff is centering around the use of, of AI as a script writing Absolutely. tool and as uh-huh. a tool to create extras in movies. And, you know, of course, in my hood, like in the music world, this is also becoming a topic of discussion really quickly. And I was, I was thinking about it this week about, you know, the use of AI in these creative fields and what a colossal fucking load of shit it is. Yeah. Because essentially what we've done is created a solution for a problem that doesn't exist. Nope. There's That's no what problem. We've done. This is a problem for tech bros and engineers who hate the humanities. It's a problem well, and they for see. for fucking execs and studios that yeah. that don't want to pay people so they can have more fucking money for themselves to take to the goddamn grave. Absolutely. Like, we don't need this in music. It's not no. like people are running out of fucking riffs and hooks. We don't nope. need this in writing for shows and stuff are we out of jokes are we Absolutely out of stories not. dude no they don't, people are they still writing it, they want it to be an equation they want to yeah. uh, look at elon musk he's a perfect example he wants to be funny so bad he's not oh man he, he can't sucks at be it. He's, he's not good terrible at it. at it he wants he wants a joke equation so that he can make people laugh so that he can be funny he's not funny and he never will be they can't be creative, so they want to. They want to replace creativity. 
They want to yeah. be able to be the one seen as doing something, but you you're not you're not doing anything. It's not creative. It's not creative to take AI and feed it someone else's work and then fucking have it shit out whatever the fuck you want and then give it to a nope. human to polish up. Uh-uh. No, that's not, at not all. creativity. It's a fake it's a fake problem. Like that's that's yep. the thing about all of this stuff. Like there's so many real fucking problems that we have that somebody could be yeah. putting their energy and money 100%. towards. percent Yeah. And instead, we're like, "What if I had a computer that made jokes?" Ugh. Like, this isn't a real problem, dude. I mean, Knock the actual the actual problem they don't want to deal with is that there's truly no reason why any of us need to work anywhere close to forty hours a week, and they don't know what to do with the amount of freedom that that would give us. Sure, yeah. This has just yeah. been how we've been, you know, um, uh, conditioned to live yeah. and work and operate. We're, we don't really know creating, any other solution yet. Yeah, we're creating more profit. We're creating more product than ever. And we're getting paid the least amount that, that uh, well, you know, the fucking, the, the difference between poor and rich has never been larger. Never and been larger, no. And <laughs> we're just... We're in a point where we don't have to do all this shit. Like, automating things is great when people don't actually have to worry about going to work. Like, if you can automate all the factory jobs and just pay people to stay home, great. That's even better to me than somebody having to be on a factory job. That's great. Yeah, but you're not doing that. You're just you're putting people that. out of jobs and being like, yes. rot, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> rot. That's it. That's the solution. Go rot. Yeah. Don't be homeless, but also, we're not going to give you a home. But you not better not be homeless. Not my problem. Figure it yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's you know, just my conclusion that I've come to in a nutshell. We've created a solution yeah. for a problem that doesn't exist. It's fucking it stupid. It's it's real dumb. Yeah. Anyway. So, Jay Keep on striking, strikers. Strike <laughs> yes. Strike. Strike, everyone. Uh, yeah. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was fun. I, I get that it's not, uh, like... I get why it didn't go to theaters, really. You know, it's not it's not going to be that type of movie. It's going to be the type of movie that people who love Kevin Smith movies or the Jay and Silent Bob characters or the fans of the podcast or whatever, they're going to like the movie. And so it was fun. Yeah, um, totally. We also watched Atlantis, The Lost Empire, because I had never seen it. And I don't know that one. Never heard of it. Yeah, I it, listen. It's it's that period where like Disney had. Uh, did you, did you know the what is the like treasure treasure planet did you know that one i know of it but i never saw okay. it no. so it's that period where like pixar had come along and most of animation was kind of going toward that more computer-based model and treasure planet and atlantis lost empire are much more like hand-drawn and much more of their own like artistry and style and it's weird because they came out of a period where i feel like that would have been welcome but I don't remember them. I didn't ever see them or hear about them. Uh, and then I saw Treasure Planet, you know, a few years after it came out. And I was like, oh, that was cool. I liked the animation of that one, but I had never watched Atlantis. Man, animation's cool. It's cool, like, little story. It's got, I mean, honestly, like, it feels like someone mashed up the, uh, the Last Crusade with, like, Fern Gully or Dances with Wolves or something like those things are all kind of thrown together, but it all works together really well. And Michael J. Fox is the main character voice, and okay, there's a cool. lot of like yeah, there's a lot of like uh, voices you'd recognize. Oh, uh, fucking uh, Jim Varney 
is is a voice in the movie and you know it's immediate like as soon as you hear it you'll be like oh shit Ernest um oh yeah yeah I liked it I I was surprised uh while watching it like I hadn't heard much about it because the animation is really cool I have seen screenshots from it a lot on Twitter when people are talking about like animated crushes because <laughs> apparently it's kind of like the mummy for uh you know uh, teenagers like five years after the mummy because <laughs> it's just got a lot of these like sexual awakening characters for people so that's interesting okay uh, you know what after you said jim varney did a voice i was like wait a fucking minute i just went to the imdb yes i have seen this movie like multiple times it fucking oh, rules okay. dude yeah i it's love rad. it so much yeah it was really cool and i i i had a good time with it um and then also on Friday night, we watched a movie called Serial Insane Clown Killer. Sick. Fucking sick, dude. Was it sick? It was, it was shit. For <laughs> sure. Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, I, I, I wasn't at Ice Cream Sunday, but I know I know they, they hung out and watched the movie. I was, I was hanging out with our guy, Rudy. Uh, but uh, I, I'm so glad that the screaming chat group is what it is. We've been we've been meeting up together for quite a while now, and they they run themselves. They like they don't need me. I show up and it's fun. But they they just love hanging out with each other, and I love that about the screaming chat. So if you're not, you haven't been, if you haven't come and hung out with this amazing crew we got, head on over to that Discord on Friday night or a Sunday night. Um, Friday nights it's. What time? 9 p.m. Eastern time. Sunday nights, it's 8 p.m. Eastern time. We have a fun time. Well, what you don't know is that I logged in there and we was all talking shit about you. Everybody was like, <laughs> Hollywood Steve don't want to work no more ever <laughs> since because of Biden. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I mean, listen, Biden, he sent me um, he sent me that $1,400 and uh, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, $1,400, that's $2,000. This will last me for years, and it has. I'll so. quit work. I did. Yeah, I just quit everything. I was like, ah, fuck it. Wow. I got, I got, I got two thousand four, two thousand dollars that looks like fourteen hundred dollars. You're spoiled. Biden. You're just spoiled. Spoiled. Don't want to work no more. Don't want to mm-hmm. work. Mm-mm. Damn, man. Damn. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good week of watching you had there. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. All right. Well, I plan on doing myself some good watching this week, as well as some book reading, some oh, yeah? rope mashing, and all kinds of other relaxing activities. But you know what I'm wondering about, Steve? What you wondering about? I'm wondering about what we're going to do as we slip and slide here into the preview palace, into the preview, preview palace. Let's go there into the preview palace. <laughs> that was awesome. Was <laughs> it good? That was that really right? good. Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit, where's this going?" And then, I made boom, it up. well, you hit it. You hit it. Preview Palace, Palace, Preview Palace. Here we are. Yeah, we did. We're it. doing it. <laughs> Steve, I yeah. am having a hard time coming up with new Preview Palaces. I'm just going Dude, to say I know to people the feeling <laughs> that listen to this show, uh-huh. like you know. Maybe if you listen to the show and yeah. you're a part of our group and stuff and we announce the next movie and you just happen to think of like, hey, I know the perfect preview palace themed segment to go along with that movie. 
maybe just post about it or let us know. Give us some ideas. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just saying. We're, we're listening. Yeah, because, I mean, here are some of the ideas I had. Uh, NILFs. Nazis I'd like to fight. Answer. All. All, I would yeah. Just so, you know, wail the shit out of all of them. Other states you can name all of your dog. Any of them. I mean, um, you know. Yeah, there are. Rhode right. Island. I mean, I guess. Come on over here, Ree. There you go. See, California is kind of there a cool go. name for a dog. Like this is my this is my boy, California. That's kind yeah. of a cool name, honestly. Yeah, you, you think know? maybe the dog's cooler than you? If somebody introduces your dog and their dog and says, "My dog, this is my dog, California," you're like, "Oh shit." Has he made movies or like, like what's going on? Right? Is he famous? <laughs> is he famous? It would be kind of cool though to have like two dogs and one of them is named North Carolina and the other one is South Carolina. <laughs> Be like, oh, this cute dog. What's his name? North Carolina. What's the other one's name? I South Carolina. <laughs> I do think like, what North Carolina is a good name for a dog, so that when you you go out to call for the dog, you go North Carolina. Come on, yeah. breeze up. Take your shirt off. <laughs> oh, shit. Spin it around your head like a helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> Just bring it back every time, huh? Every time, yeah. Uh-huh. I-, I thought up maybe we talk about, like, chicks most likely to have been banged by you and your dad. <laughs> maybe that's a topic. I, just, I couldn't come up with anybody in my life, so Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I got nothing there. I got no ideas. You know who we could consult? We consult the witches and wizards over at BuzzFeed because we got our hand, finger, right on the pulse of the youth, and we know what they love. They love quizzes from 2019. That's when BuzzFeed was at the height of their powers. They weren't even waning at all back then. They were still hot and relevant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody was everybody was talking BuzzFeed four years ago. We were going everybody. We were going into twenty twenty like this is the year BuzzFeed just takes over. And then yeah, boom, and then, you know, COVID. Then the pandemic, yeah. COVID kind of changed ki- things. Killed all of BuzzFeed. You guys remember that? That was wild. That's the story. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's what we're all sticking to right there. We're gonna take a quiz by Langford Landry, who's gonna tell us which Indiana Jones character are you? And we're honestly not even sure if we have or have not done this quiz before. We may have done this. We may have done this quiz before. <laughs> Maybe. I don't and know. And if we did do this quiz before, I think it's even funnier. I hope we get the exact same results. That would be right? hilarious. Yeah. Or maybe it's like a radical change where it's like, wow, man, you've changed <laughs> since yeah. Temple of Doom or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You really, you really became a different person since 20 whatever. Uh, Listen, yeah, y'all, I it's think- a free fucking podcast, all right? Is it? If you don't like it. You Holy did, you shit, you guys are shit. getting this for free? Keep <laughs> you guys paying. Paying? I don't know why. <laughs> All right, first question here. How would your friends describe you, Ben? Oh, Ooh. that assumes I have friends. Ew. Oh, man. Wow. Ben, no friends, that guy. So, I, I don't know. There's six answers here. And boy, they might fit you. All of them. Loyal, humorous, attractive, independent determined adventurous wow i'm gonna say i'm gonna go with determined right here i turn out uh too many hours per week in my pursuits 
of rope mashing fame and mm-hmm. stardom and bill paying ability. So right. I think most people would describe me as being quite determined. What about you? Yeah. Well, I think while most people are mesmerized by my hotness and uh, brought to their knees uh, with, you know, blood flow going straight to their genitals, uh, I would say most of my friends probably describe me as humorous. A humorous? You're like a bone. I'm like Hugh Morris, the wrestler. Oh, okay. All right. Remember him? The first guy Goldberg beat in his streak of 8,000 straight wins. It is amazing that your brain was like, memorize that fact. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't Keep actually have 8,000 matches. I think they said it was 107, but it was like every single new Goldberg match, he had somehow wrestled 10 matches in the past week somehow. Like, he, he's like, a busy guy. He's now 15 and 0. Like, what? We saw him <laughs> wrestle two matches. All right, Steve, Mr. Humorous, let me ask you what movie. Jinri. That's uh-huh. how you pronounce that, right? Jinri. 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 That's right. Is your favorito. Okay. Are you an adventureman, a comedy cat, a documentary dude, an anything Pixar person, a drama diva, or a romance. Uh, Robert? Romance. Yes, Robert. Short <laughs> for. Yeah, Bob. I don't know. <laughs> what, what are you? Who are you? Uh, you know, it's this question and the answers as you read them that made me think, I think we did do this. <laughs> Maybe. Let's see. I don't know. We could uh, and have. Also, like, what the hell? They're missing so many genres here. Uh, my what movie, uh, Of these six, which is my favorite, I guess, comedy? Mr. Humorous, once again. Oh, holy shit. Uh-oh. I'm going to get the funny character. So I guess Marcus, I guess... Marcus. Yeah, probably Marcus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Adventure, man. You know, I've been having so much yeah. fun watching some action movies this right. month. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always a reminder of like, man, I really love some action and adventure. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. Okay. Ben, choose an artifact to discover. Woo. <laughs> Do you want to discover the crystal skull? Huh? Ooh, is it full of vodka? I hope so, because otherwise Dan I don't Aykroyd know what it would be there? referencing. Is there like some <laughs> movie about a crystal skull? I've never heard of it. Not one I've seen. Nope, nope. Would you be trying to get yourself a holy grail? That's a face melter. I don't know about that's that. That's right, yeah. Uh, well, no, that's the Ark of the Covenant, which is next. That'll melt your okay. face. Okay, yeah. No, I guess true. holy grail melts your face, too, but with old. Yeah, it does, yeah. man. It does, yeah. Hold on to your face if you're dealing with Christian artifacts, I guess. (laughs) Real careful with the face. (laughs) Sankara stones. Those are always fun. Cross of Coronado. Or I'll stay home. I'll tell you what. I'm going to find that crystal skull because it's going to be full of a a pure refined vodka. And I'm going to mix it in equal parts with triple sec and fresh lime juice. And I'm going to shake it up over ice and have myself a killer kamikaze. Hell yeah. That's a pretty good artifact. You could probably discover that at the liquor store. Yeah. I don't have to go too far (laughs) for it either. That's what's nice about it. I'll make it home in time for dinner even. That is pretty nice. Um... I think I want the the cross because of of all of them. I think it's the only one that doesn't have some crazy power. Yeah, so yeah. I, it's just gold. I'll just sell it. I'll be like, hey, yeah. I got it seems this. like 
people like picked that up and kept their faces and stuff. Intact, yeah, so no one lost the safe. face. Yeah, everyone, everyone's face. A okay. All right. Well, now let's pick a phobia here. You got to be scared of snack, uh-huh. rat, a bat, a couple of beetle bugs, a clown man, or are you just terrified to roll a coast on a coaster? <laughs> yeah. Is that like heights or is it roller coasters? Boy. Ah. Huh. Of these, I mean, <laughs> this is going to feed into a theory that uh, Anna has of me uh, that I am actually afraid of clowns. I am not afraid of clowns, but of these, I dislike clowns the most. <laughs> mm, so that's why you clown. don't like ICP, huh? Mm, yeah, I don't know that now I'm down it. with the clown, though. The, the juggalos seem like an okay group of group of folks there. They seem fine. They seem mm-hmm. fine. What about you? I What'd wouldn't you say that I'm like terrified necessarily of any of these, but if I was gonna be like in a room with a dang old danger noodle, that big old nope rope snack. That's right. probably one I'm going to be the most uncomfortable with. I just don't know what they're thinking. They ain't got a leg. They ain't got an arm. They don't lift nothing, and they still seem pretty strong. What's going on? That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, you know, I, I'd ask the same of a clown if I was locked in a room with them. Like, how do you yeah, fit into that about? teeny tiny mm. little car? Uh, you know, where where why you keep so many damn uh, handkerchiefs in your pocket? Like, well, mm-hmm. what's what's going on here? Like, uh, why don't you say something? Yeah, that's I'm right. Just that's there right. You go. I wonder uh, about that, man. Do you think that like clowns ever like maybe dye their bush like to match their their I sure hope wigs so. and stuff too? Honestly, honestly, I do hope so. Do you think they like paint their dongs and stuff like their faces and stuff too? Uh, yeah, Probably. I mean, listen, that might <laughs> that might be that might be something I could believe without any facts. <laughs> Like you, yeah, same. I'll just believe like, sounds that. Sounds right. Yep, that, that just sounds right. <laughs> yeah, every clown also dyes their, their pubic hair and paints their genitals. Yep. It <laughs> just makes every sense. Show. Yep. Yep, every show. Kids' birthday parties, <laughs> everything. It's kind of weird, but, you know, <laughs> they keep it to All themselves. All right, Ben. Where would you like to visit? Uh, Venice. Boy, that sounds nice. Peru. That also sounds nice. Egypt. Ooh. Also, listen, Egypt sounds nice. The bar. Love it. The bar. I mean, yeah. India, Shanghai, either one. Man, all these Man, sound great to me. I want to go to Venice. I want to yeah. go to Italy, have mm-hmm. myself a noodle, look at right. a museum, okay. and have a taste of the old country, just yeah. like Noni used to make. Drink yourself a pint of canal water so you live a, another 40 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Just That's like the thing I made up. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Probably don't do that. Probably don't probably drink shouldn't. canal water. No. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. That's where uh-huh. I'm going to. What about you? Yeah, no, this is a tough one. I mean, because, uh, uh, boy, Egypt, I, 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 you know, grew up, obviously, like so many kids, uh, really interested in pyramids and stuff. And Peru also just very interested in, in, in that whole area. But uh, I think, yeah, I think I'd love to go to India. Seems to me like that'd be a nice little trip. Have yourself a food. Learn how to teleport like Doll Sim. <laughs> That's mm. a, yeah. I don't know if they tre- teach tourists that trick. You got to stay around for a little while before okay, they teach yeah. you the, the punch somebody on the other side of the screen move. Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> how you know you've really made it into their society, though. Right. Uh-huh. uh-huh. 
That's what All I right. thought. That's what I thought. This, this last one, I mean, I know we got the same answer, I think. Finally, Ben, pick the best film of the franchise. Raiders, well, Temple, Last Crusade. Uh, and then there's a fourth tile that's blank, I guess. I don't know what it says there. I can't read the letters. No. Yeah, I just see three <laughs> and, and a blank one here. Yeah. It's Last Crusade, dude. Last Crusade. They finally yeah, fucking I agree. got it. They yeah, fucking to me, got it, man. It is It is the best of the trilogy. Um, So <laughs> when I answered that last question, it, it, it just like confetti spurted out, but no answer. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? You did it. <laughs> what, what I didn't get happened? any confetti. I, I got a result, but did? I didn't get a confetti. All no. right. You read your result, and I'll go back through and just do that again. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Wow, man. Uh, well, apparently, I am an in Diana Hones. It says, oh, okay. you have a sense for all things adventure, fact finding and a little romance along the way your charm is important and you're instantly seen as one of the most intelligent people in a room that's right damn nailed me nailed me of all the room i'm in am a smart they got me i got me figured out uh i got short round of course you're adventurous and loyal to an extent but wait why (laughs) hold on Let me just, let me just, this sentence is, you're adventurous and loyal to an extent, exclamation point. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know how to read that. (laughs) How does words? Yeah, you're adventurous and loyal to an extent. What? (laughs) Why are you yelling that at me? Explain. (laughs) Uh, You're a great companion with a great sense of humor and a pure heart. Your innocence is your greatest feature. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know that I would call myself innocent. Maybe. Look at you. Look at you. You're just like short round, dude. I guess so. Uh, You know what? I guess this is the most accurate quiz we've ever taken. Thank you, witches and wizards over at BuzzFeed, for not only our most uh, up-to-date and hip feature but also our most popular. People are always clamoring. Wow. More BuzzFeed quizzes. More of those. More, More of those. I love them. I can't get the enough, they say. Well, that's why we keep on handing them to you. And yep. now we know. And knowing is half the battle. And now we can talk about <laughs> the subject of today's show, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now, uh-huh. over the years, we have done... Raiders of the Lost Ark, which we uh, frankly ruined. Like that's one of those movies <laughs> that I'd watched my whole life, and then we like made a podcast about it, and I was like, "Oh, not really that good. Kind of a worthless movie in a lot of ways." Well, I mean, I still uh, like the movie, but yes, I, I still mean, like the, it. The yeah. major point that he, <laughs> you don't really need Indiana Jones for the movie nope. at all. Yeah, that uh-uh. that does kind of that kind of that kind of fucks with the the whole feel of the movie because you're supposed to love indiana jones he's your your hero he's the one who makes the action like worth your time etc but in the end oh, yeah. yeah not exactly necessary then temple of well, doom has all its the, like, problems you know and also too like all the stuff in the first one was like marianne should have been 14 and all this stuff is right. like this is not oh, good yeah. well yeah Unsavory. i mean when you start and we're going to talk about it when you start looking at george lucas and steven spielberg brainstorming 
scripts. It gets interesting. I know that uh, you know they had that that couple who uh, you know wrote Temple of Doom, uh, and also wrote Howard the Duck. Uh, but like when you see you know the 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 backstory of what Lucas and and Spielberg brainstormed and came up with, it's always like, man, what? Like I understand there's no wrong answers in brainstorming, but like sometimes it's like, why is that in your head? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on my man why are you thinking right? that she should be 14 that seems weird mm, yeah. yeah definitely and yeah temple of doom we did uh i think a year or two ago yeah on the show and that is that is just riddled with problems so much well, xenophobia yeah. and just yeah racist shit and also too man it is just a bonkers ass movie that yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's more like the the racist shit is terrible and uh spielberg like like we'll talk about it in the development of this film he really wanted to like fix that like he wanted the next one to not have that problem because that's good he felt bad about it you know it's like they were trying to duplicate stuff from like those 1930s radio serials and stuff like that and they didn't really think from from their privileged uh, position that that they were doing some racism some pretty hardcore racism pretty clear racism yeah yeah Uh, so he kind of wanted to fix it coming into this so uh that's that's why you know you go back to the nazis as the villains right it's easy everybody should be hateable yeah everyone does right because we're all intelligent people and no one tolerates intolerance right Right? we've learned you watch a nazi get punched it's awesome you see a nazi get killed it's great you see three nazi gets nazis get killed with one bullet it's like it's efficient economical that's great yeah it's great man that's better for the environment right (laughs) yeah so nobody gives a shit when you kill nazis and that that's like that was the genius of, of of this movie is going back to the nazis are the villains it's easy for us all to hate them, so all yep. we really need then is some contrivance. Why? Are, what are they after? Why are they after it? But when there were first brainstorming this movie, and we know this from Christopher Columbus's uh, first script. He didn't write the final script, but he was asked by uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas to sit in with them, and they brainstormed this movie lucas and spielberg and he wrote down what they were saying and then like he was supposed to go and write the script so he went and wrote the script that they came up with and then they hated it and fired him the script was yeah the script was basically that uh indiana was gonna end up in africa uh fighting the monkey king and this does not sound good already. This already yeah, sounds very bad. Sound sounds like a step good. in the wrong direction. And, and, and you know, one can say, well, the Monkey King they're talking about is from Chinese mythology. And it's like, oh, that's good. Why'd they set it in Africa? Yeah, why would you do that then? Why would you that's, do that? Hmm. Yeah. So that obviously is not going to fit with the, uh, the vision that Spielberg has of not being racist in this Indiana Jones. Uh, I don't know why they put it on Columbus and fired him. It's not like it's his idea. But anyway, uh, they they hire some other people. They come up with some, some more ideas and kind of basically eventually get to 
with Jeffrey Bohm and uh, Mena Mayus, who worked on like uh, the Color Purple and some other Spielberg projects, they eventually end up on the Holy Grail and making it more themed toward father and son relationships rather than theming it toward the artifact itself. Because like that is kind of one of the issues with um, the the uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark that we had is that like the object doesn't seem to matter. No, like <laughs> the Nazis are the after bad it. guys. Get they it, find it. it they open the it. It kills them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, done. Like Perfect. Indy didn't yeah. contribute anything to that. Right. So ultimately, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's like the artifact itself is like kind of of no consequence. Right. <laughs> And in this one, you make the artifact of consequence by needing it to save the dad, but yeah. you also eliminate just how far its effect can go by saying, well, it can't go past that seal. Sure. So the yeah. artifact matters, but it doesn't. It, it like it kind of solves some of the problems they've had in the past. Like, uh, And it's interesting because Spielberg going into this movie kind of felt like he was regressing as a filmmaker because he was like going back to stuff that they did in the first one and like kind of like felt like he was missing out because he was supposed to direct big and you know this this project got in the way and so like he he also was supposed to direct rain man as well and and didn't get to do that Whoa. because of this project so like he, he had two big projects he missed out on that were both like i mean big you know got tom hanks uh all sorts of recognition and then rain man same with uh fucking oh shit what's his name Oh, that guy. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, yes. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, but um, he kind of felt like he was regressing in a lot of filmmaking and the storytelling and stuff. It's interesting because that's how he felt at the time. Now, when he looks back on it, Spielberg says this is his favorite of the Indiana Jones movies. So, wow, yeah. I think it's interesting because, like, I get it, you know, as a creative. You know, when you've kind of developed your style and you've kind of moved past some stuff you did, you know, what was Raiders? 1981? Yeah, We're eight years later. Like, he's, wow. he's Spielberg by this point. It's not just like, you know, he's not just done a blockbuster Jaws. He's also done several blockbusters since E.T. specifically, making him a family type of director. Like, families are going to go see Spielberg movies a lot of the time. So... That you know that that's kind of interesting too because those first two movies I don't feel like I remember a ton of kids talking about, but this was one that like I remember watching with my family and like all the kids were talking about it and it felt like it was more focused towards trying to get families into even though it has you know this father son having sex with the same Nazi. <laughs> side story. That is a plot point. <laughs> yeah, that was still kind of acceptable in family movies back then, honestly. Uh, but it's interesting. Yeah, it, it really did. Like, even though Spielberg felt like he was regressing creatively, and even though like they went through so many different versions of how the story should play out, they did end up landing on a real simple story about a father and son coming back together. And, you know, the the father's obsession with one particular object and the son's, you know, showing the same, like, tendencies with that cross of Coronado, that that obsession with a particular object. Like, you see uh, uh, Henry Jr. starting to understand Henry Sr. better and Henry Sr. treating him less like a child and more like a contemporary. It's a pretty simple story. 
and it works yeah. because there's so many great action set pieces and so many good humorous lines and so many fun characters it it just works dude totally i was really honestly going into this review kind of nervous like i was kind of like oh man what if i like watch this movie with a critical uh-huh. eye and it just falls apart the nostalgia yeah, goes same. away I was like, man, I really don't want to ruin this movie because I have loved it my entire life. Like, this is one of those flicks, man, that I don't remember the first time that I saw it. I mean, in 89 when it came out, I would have been, you know, four or five years old. Definitely didn't see it in the theater or whatever, but I just remember this always being on my entire childhood, which is kind of weird because I, I grew up pretty conservative and all, but we still watch movies like this that had some pretty grotesque shit in it i mean oh absolutely the the, the scenes you know at the ends of all three of these movies are pretty nuts and definitely up there with um you know stuff that you'd see in horror flicks maybe worse because it's just so out of left field and unexpected like all three of these movies are like fun swashbuckling adventure where i'm swinging from a rope anyway a guy's face melts off and you see it (laughs) like it gets crazy yeah out of nowhere at the end cute kid follows him around that's great oh he's ripping that man's heart out yeah while he's still alive that's interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i was still allowed to watch these movies and we watched them so fucking many times like i don't know if it was because you know they they do have mainly that judeo-christian kind of backbone to them with all the christian artifacts being a huge source of the uh, you know plot points in here i don't know if that has something to do with it or what but yeah dude like i've had these movies my entire life like i think that this was my first introduction to sean connery like i know a lot of people are like oh it's james bond i'm sure that was a big attraction for this movie is like oh my god james bond is indiana jones's dad but to me watching this when i was a kid i was like oh who's this like funny goofy lovable scottish man dude you know same i i also do do not remember seeing sean connery in anything before this i yeah i didn't grow up watching james bond movies um so yeah i i i knew james bond from this movie and thought the same uh (laughs) or james bond sorry (laughs) i knew sean connery (laughs) through this movie and thought the same uh, it was only later that I found out, like, oh, no, that's not his usual thing. In fact, he's playing against type here. Like, he's not the the suave, debonair guy. He's, you know, this kind of nerdy dude who's, yeah, maybe, you know, the that Nazi chick had sex with him, but it's it seems like it was kind of to get information out of him and stuff. So, like, he he's far less Bond in this. He's far more of a nerd. And, and his son is cooler than him. Yeah, and I know that that was probably one of those things that made that character so good to a lot of people. Right. They were watching yeah. it being like, oh, this is like the opposite of James Bond. He's so exactly. yeah. aloof and unaware and like not suave and all that shit. But the cool thing is, is even if you don't know that he's playing this role to break type, it uh-huh. still totally works as it is. Even though in a lot of ways it, it doesn't work where it's like why is the dad super scottish and only 12 years older than the son <laughs> who cares <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter no it doesn't it doesn't and I, I think one of the things though that like the one of the main reasons maybe why it was kind of just around so much when we were kids is it like they really pushed it into home video and stuff like it it was released on every format available at the time. 
Like they they were wow. really trying to get people to buy it and watch it at home. And I do remember like going over to one of those friends' houses that had the gigantic satellite out in the yard and the huge like projection TV and they had a laser disc player and they had Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade as like one of their only laser discs. And wow. like we didn't have a ton of VHSs we rented, but we had Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade on VHS. And I had so nice. many friends who had it on VHS. It just felt like it was such a widespread uh film you could find anywhere. And it was I mean, it it was the number one global box office movie of 1989 uh, but it wasn't the number one movie of of the american box office that was batman and i don't oh, remember wow, seeing yeah. batman in everybody's house yeah interesting huh do you know what the budget for this was or like what it made yeah i do this was a 48 million dollar budget so this was huge back in the day um yeah. and they went through like all those different scripts like they this was back in the day when they paid a screenwriter to actually write the fucking script. And if anything was really left over, they're still getting some some uh, residuals and stuff. So, like, they Imagine they were that. really putting a ton of money into this. And it paid off because it made $474 million in Good 1989 God. bucks. Like, Almost half a billion dollars worth yeah. of mm-hmm. 1980s money. That is yep. insane. Yeah, and it was huge worldwide. Like, people... Like uh, other countries were really into the Indiana Jones franchise, so it's interesting that it didn't even it didn't beat Batman here, though. Like it's uh, you know it's the third installment in a franchise that people have loved, yeah. But Tim Burton's Batman was just a fucking cultural phenomenon. Wow, man! Yeah. And I love how this movie too does that thing that we see in so many so many trilogies, and I, I don't know, maybe this started it. Maybe it did, because like I'm thinking back to like let's say like Return of the King, where uh-huh. Return of the King, the third in the trilogy, starts off with like here's some backstory about this character you've been watching the entire time. Oh, this movie right. starts <laughs> off with the flashback of like, hey, here's young Indiana Jones before you knew him. Here's him with a a pretty smoking bowl as a Boy <laughs> Scout, played by Old River Phoenix, who's right. doing a fantastic job of being a young Harrison Ford. Man, River Phoenix is one of those dudes that like. I honestly don't know much about like I couldn't I probably couldn't rattle off like five movies he was in right now. I know that he uh, obviously passed away, you know, far too young and we didn't Mm -hmm. get to see too much of his work and all that. But, dude, he does such a fucking killer job in this. Yeah, he absolutely does. I mean, he, you know, he uh, stand by me is probably one of the roles people know as his right. That's what I know. Role. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he's he's so good in this. Like he he uh, based his. He based his his the role off of uh, Harrison Ford. Like instead of trying to be Harrison Ford as as Indiana Jones, he was just trying to be Harrison Ford. And they had worked together already on a film, so like he he really gets down a lot of Harrison Ford's mannerisms. And I think it's like a smart choice too, because trying to play Indiana Jones when you're the teenage version of this guy. It, that's it's not right like you're not an adult as a teenager you're a different yeah. person you're going to be completely and so he plays it like with the same mannerisms but with the clumsiness of a teenager and yeah it's and great same, like, it speech works so patterns good. and stuff like his, yeah. his vocal rhythms and even like his tone and stuff 
is so on point for being a young version of yeah. Indiana Jones. And yeah, he has this kind of like minor adventure where he's out in the desert with the Boy Scouts and uh-huh. comes across these like grave robbers that are trying to steal this cross <laughs> well, that's, where he basically that's like meets the guy the, he's going to be. That's what the movie wants you to say when you're recounting yeah, yeah. But Yeah, yeah. He runs into Indiana Jones's Indiana Jonesing, and he's like, "You can't do that." That belongs in a museum. Gonna. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, yeah, he he does. He runs into people that are doing the thing that he's going to be doing, and gets mad at them for doing it. And that's fine. I mean, we've talked about how actually morally and ethically ambiguous he is as a character. He's not really like a hero like he's trying to stop other people who are trying to do the same thing he's trying to do he's just trying to win most of the time and that's kind of set up here like he kind of he has this admiration for what they're doing like to the point that when the other guy puts his hat on him it becomes his most iconic like single trophy the hat like you think of indiana jones you think of the hat and and so like he he does you know have that like moral guidance it's not a moral like it's it's his ethos that things belong in a museum <laughs> they should be stolen from whatever you know uh, native s- lands they are yeah, in yeah yeah wherever they happen to be they should be stolen and put into a museum as the property of the museum cuz his big issue i guess is he doesn't like private collectors owning it while it's displayed at a museum because that's what private collectors tend to do with things when they own it so there's it's hard to see a good or bad side we're just told just like with the fast and furious movies indiana jones is the good guy so when he does stuff it's good (laughs) and when the other people do stuff that's bad yeah yeah it's more believable for him as like a young person to hold those views to be like yeah uh, you know yeah yeah these artifacts belong in a museum i know how this all works i know right. the world you're doing it wrong but then he kind of like sticks to it as he gets older <laughs> which makes like, no well, sense because he works with these people it's it's yeah. like when he gets called in by a private collector and asked to go do this thing like yeah he recommends his dad first because he's the preeminent authority and yeah his dad being kidnapped by nazis does like initiate him actually going on this but he's entertaining it from the beginning he's not averse to like working with private collectors to add things to their private collection so he doesn't have a moral high ground ever right dude i i love this entire thing it sets up so many so many things that we know and love about Indiana Jones. I mean, whether it be the the fucking fear of snakes, the use of the whip, and also how he got the scar on his chin. What a cool way to explain that away, where it's like, well, River Phoenix doesn't have this scar on his chin. Oh, we can give him the scar in the right, flashback. Yeah. And it's just all these the scar bars. that Harrison Ford has, so you're really yeah. just... Yeah, yeah. It is. Those are cool little, like... I, I like that. It, it really does link everything together in a fun way without being like too much like it doesn't try to explain literally everything but it does give you some fun stuff like you know finding out at the end that indiana was the dog's name like yeah that's fun 
the fun yeah, joke. So good. So good, man. Yeah, I love that that setup. And yeah, the proto Indiana Jones and all those adventures on those cars and stuff. You were telling me earlier that that's not a real fucking rhinoceros. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that, yeah, that what? rhinoceros is, uh, that's made by John Carl Beekler, uh, director of Friday the 13th, Part uh, 7, and Troll, and all sorts of other things, and, and makeup special effects artists on, on so many great horror movies. He uh, made a rhino. Yeah, what? they were, you know, uh, uh, Spielberg was cool with, the the giraffes and the snake just kind of being on a stick you know because it's kind of with the theme of that type of adventure serial that he's trying to you know mimic but he didn't like the way that the the rhinoceros just didn't look real in any way so he sent he called up john carl beekler and had him do some adjustments to it and that looks like a real fucking rhinoceros in some ways i thought that it was yeah yeah, it's it's great. He he did a great job, and and that that moment as a kid was like I I remember like the first time watching it. That was the selling moment for me. That was where it was like, oh my god, is he gonna be okay? Like I was like really into it at that point. Like because you know you get the the horn come up a couple times, and then it comes up between the legs. Which yeah, even as a kid, I was like, oh no, his pee pee, <laughs> not that. You don't want a rhino horn to the pee pee. Everybody no, knows that. None of that, dude. I love how quickly they give us the, this origin. I feel like if you know this film franchise was starting today, we would have had the three Indiana Jones movies and then an entire trilogy about young Indiana Jones, like his adventures oh, as a sure. little kid and where he got it from. And of well, course, I know they did the young Indiana Jones series, yeah. but I feel like if this was these days, this would have been milked to death, whereas in this time period with such competent writing and directing on staff, they were like, no, it's just fucking like 10 minutes and then you pick up right where the action starts. It's fine. Like, that is so efficient and well done and gives us everything that we need to know about where that character got to start. Right, well, they certainly did try to milk it to death. <laughs> I mean, because well, like... you know, later, yeah. Yeah, the Indiana, Young Indiana Jones series, they did ask River Phoenix to come back and they, that was yeah. their intention. <laughs> but, yeah, that... They they definitely like are economical in that quick sort of storytelling. You you get the relationship between him and his dad really fast. Like you know that his dad just doesn't really have time for him, and he's kind of oh, obsessive about dude. this holy grail. A thing about the dad too that I really appreciate is they didn't like do the thing that they would usually do where they're like give him some just for men beard dye and a toupee. Now it's yeah. young dad. No, they just didn't show his face they just right. showed his hand yeah. writing in that diary and had him talk and that's yep. it yeah that's it works need. it works yeah i mean the the most effective film techniques are usually the simplest like yeah we know later when we see it's sean connery so earlier we're like oh yeah that his voice that was sean connery like it, it easy yeah it's very simple you don't have to show the face you don't have to try to de-age you don't have to do any of that stuff Am I imagining this, or is the kind of proto-Indiana Jones guy that he runs into, is that like the stunt double in the movies or something? Who is that guy? No, no, that's a, he's an actor. Uh, the the okay. character's name is Garth. His name is Richard... Uh, fuck, something. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Richard Young. He He's actually in Friday the 13th Part 5. He plays the doctor. Oh, no at shit. The, yeah, huh? Yeah. Wow, um, man. Maybe I'm but, thinking, like, is the guy at, like, the Disney Indiana Jones show? Maybe that's his stunt double or some shit. I don't know where oh, I'm getting that from. I don't, I don't know. know. 
Maybe so. But yeah, it's a great kind of intro to this movie, man. And right away, we get John Williams' fucking V8 full tilt floor in it fucking soundtrack leading us yep. by the hand through the action. Dude, like as soon as this movie fucking starts, I'm like, God diggity damn, this soundtrack rules. John Williams yeah. is a goddamn monster. It's definitely one of the, the things that stuck with me as a kid and why I loved having it on in the background so much. Like Always, yes. This, to me, is a background movie. Like I, I would have it on so much, just running. Oh, yeah. Uh, like over and over and over again and yeah like it it was one of those things actually sitting down to watch it for the podcast that like i had to force myself to like pay attention because my i'm so used to it just being on yep i don't know the last time i paid attention to this movie like and again that's part of what was you know getting me worried that it was gonna suck or i was gonna ruin it for myself is because it's just always been one of those movies that's on. I know what's right. happening. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. If like I went to pee or get a drink and I miss something, I know exactly right. you know where it. the movie's yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, you're right. Like the John Williams soundtrack, even if you're not in the room, but you can hear it, you know what's happening in the scene because the soundtrack is telling you so. It's Absolutely. so yeah. fucking iconic. And it's not just the duh, but it's not just the indie theme. All the musical themes in this are so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it all works like, and, and even like incorporate some stuff back in from Raiders. Whenever you mm. see the like, lo- you see the arc, uh, like yeah, the depicted. mystical kind of music. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. I, I love the way that it it sets the the tone of everything. Like even when you're watching map shots of like you know just the 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 overlay of the map and the the plane flying in the background like the music is making it it's it's like so interesting still you never you can never lose interest because the music keeps you hooked no i don't know how williams does it man it's like he has a clear idea in his head of like oh this is on screen this is what it would sound like some nazis are doing a book burning Uh i know exactly what it would sound like when they're on screen like the guy just has such an incredible imagination and such a way to put into music, into fucking 12 notes, exactly what your eyes are seeing. Like, it, it can't yeah. be overstated, man. He, he really might be the best film score composer in history. Wow. Maybe. That, that, I mean, listen, he's, he's got to be up there Hard if he's argue, not the best. You know? yeah. So fucking good. And yeah, we, we pick up right away with Indiana Jones in the modern time just killing a boat full of people. well listen i mean here's the thing he really wanted that cross when he was a kid so like he did fucking die you know (laughs) all of you all of y'all fuck all y'all i've wanted this a long time so fuck y'all so okay so there is like so in, in the script that uh the guy in the panama hat was supposed to be marion ravenwood's dad who was mentioned no as like his mentor in the first one. So there would have been like some history there. And also in the novelization, the character, the Panama hat guy is, is hired by, um, Oh shit. What's his name? Uh, Wal- the Walter Donovan to, to kill oh. Indiana Jones. So like, that's different in both of those though. There's some reason why this is happening rather than just not really want that cross. So, you know yeah i've been after it a minute so <laughs> yeah. give it up or die how about just die yeah 
Yeah, and I mean, like, the movie does an okay job of, like, showing that he's not the reason why the, the boat explodes. Like, Disney it just death, coincidentally yeah. happens. Uh, so I guess technically he didn't kill them. But, yeah, it is a weird scene where it's like, I just, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about this. He just kicked a guy off of a boat. But, like, I know the guy was going to throw him off the boat. I don't right? like any of these people. <laughs> Isn't it crazy, though, the way this plays out? Because I feel like so many like modern video games take this kind of pacing approach to a movie. Yeah, where uh-huh, absolutely. W- when yes. you start off, you know, the new Uncharted, the level uh-huh. where you're like learning how to use the controls is back when right. you're just a boy in the yeah, Boy Scouts. Yeah, you're learning your backstory and you're getting the tutorial. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Then it skips to modern day where you got to fight some scrubs on a boat to get the thing. Right. And then, yeah. you know, the next thing you got to do is you're going to go to this library and do some puzzle solving where you got to, like, Absolutely. you know, find the numbers that correspond yeah. and bust through a floor to get to a this new area. This sounds like, like a great game, dude. I'm this sounds like a fucking it. video game, right? <laughs> yeah. I Is there an Indiana Jones video game like that? Like one that's actually more of an open world problem solving type of thing? That'd be really cool. I mean, I think it's just Uncharted, you know? It's like, yeah, it's not indie, yeah, but true. come yeah. on, it is, yeah, though. Yeah, it is, yeah. You know? It absolutely God, is. those games are fucking sick, dude. Those games are so fun. Have you played I them? Have, I have not played them. I've seen gameplay, and it looks cool. Yeah. You would love it. It is would, seriously yeah, like sure. playing a, a fucking Indiana Jones video game without That's the cool. licensing. It's so fucking good, man. But yeah, I love how it picks right up to the modern day thing, and it's like, well, still continuing this tale. And yeah. then we get into the whole, like, all right, the grail search. My dad, his grail diary. Like, right. The world building, the world expanding. We hadn't really had any mention of his dad in the other movies, but it's like, right. well, uh-huh. he had to get this interest in history and treasure hunting and shit from somewhere, and it turns out his dad's life work has been to find the location of the Holy Grail. Yeah, and I think that, like, you know fleshing out the world a little bit because he is such a a lone wolf type like we we saw him with marion in the first one and then she's not back in the sequel which i guess is in the past but we see that he meets a woman there and she's not back and so it's like he he kind of like doesn't keep people in his life it feels like in those but then in this one we now have you know marcus brody back and i mean he's a different character than he was before but he was serving as kind of a mentor before and -hmm. now he's kind of a silly doofus guy but he's fun uh and and we've got the dad now so like there's a lot more to his personal life and a lot more stability to it than we've seen in the other two which i think is great for this film but i also think is the downfall of the uh that film that we dare not speak of that doesn't really exist (laughs) yeah but the that one, one that, yeah, doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Crystal Skull tries so hard to then connect everything. It's like, oh, actually, yes. everything's connected. It's like, no, uh-uh. no, we don't want that. Too far. <laughs> yeah. Too fucking far, man. Yeah. I think, too, it's like during that library scene that we start getting the idea that they finally pinned down the humor for these movies as well. Yes. Like the other two well, okay. have had light humor elements, but man, right. whenever they like bust through that floor right as the librarian puts that stamp down on the book and he <laughs> looks at so it like what good. the fuck the was visual that? humor of that is it's cartoonish great. and perfect it's I love great it. they finally got yeah. the humor right in this one because there's some funny ass shit in here well and uh so he's uncredited but all of the dialogue between uh uh, uh fucking sean connery and harrison ford 
is uh, written by Tom Stoppard, uh, the, the playwright uh, wrote Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Very, Whoa, very for like, real. Yeah, very humorous playwright. Like so, all Smart of their dialogue guy. is Tom Stoppard, <laughs> and that it shines. It comes through like they are much funnier, and Indy is much like quicker than he is in any of the other uh, installments. Dude, it's it's so fantastic. The interaction between those two is so perfect in so many ways. Like we've yeah. had two whole movies of Indiana Jones, like you said, being this lone wolf, badass, all American, right. you know, archaeology treasure hunter guy. Right. But then, like all of us, whenever we're around our parents, we're just that ass you used to wipe. Right. And our parents are really <laughs> unimpressed by everything that we're doing. And at I the same it. time, like the way that Indy regresses, you can see him becoming like yeah. teenage Indy again and be like, dad, Steve, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can see his frustration with his dad. Like he is back to being fucking 14 again. As soon as he is with Sean Connery, who is just not keeping up or like not appreciating how cool what he just did right. was or how he just like fucking motorcycle jousted some guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how he, irritated he is. Yeah. When he, when he like uh, saves them and shoots those three Nazis and his dad's like, what did you do? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all the stuff, man. Like there's one point where the Nazis are like shooting at him like crazy and stuff. And Sean Connery is like. They're trying to kill us. <laughs> Just no shit. Yeah, no dude. shit, man. They are. They are. God. Yeah. God, when it's he shoots so the fucking tail of the plane, That's he's like, seriously. bad news, Junior. They got us. <laughs> they got us. Yeah. That, I love that moment so much. As a kid, it always made me laugh so hard. Like, because it's perfect delivery and like... You know, it's also one of those things where it's like, well, we saw him shoot the tail, and we know he's lying, but it's yeah. also like, well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> like, why? You don't need to throw in the added tension of, I accidentally shot the tail. Just like, oh, they God. got us. <laughs> it's so it's so good, man. And I love, too, like that dynamic that, that Indy and his dad have where you know indiana jones is the guy that's fucking cracking whips and shooting nazis and doing the punches with the biggest punch sound effects of all time i love the punch sound effects in the indie series so much absolutely but like his dad is almost completely non-violent and is like shooting people yeah. in the face with ink pens and scaring seagulls with a fucking umbrella to make disastrous <laughs> things happen like they're really opposite in that way and it makes the dad have so much more levity to his character than Indy, who's the serious action star. Like, right. It seems like for most of this, Sean Connery is unaware that he's in an action movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's an academic. He He's only seeing it as like, you know, he's pursuing his passion and doesn't really... Yeah, he, he doesn't think... And he, he says at some point, this is what you call archaeology? Like, you know, the stuff he's used to doing is peaceful and quiet and reading yeah. books and libraries and like you know but what we do know from you know uh, our our nazi lady um uh, played by uh allison duty <laughs> duty yeah <laughs> dr elsa schneider um we learn from her that when he does finally get into the actual like kind of indiana jones type of archaeology that he was giddy as a schoolboy so like he he kind of learns from his son 
to be more like free and open and less of a like curmudgeonly academic. Uh, and, and that, that's an interesting element because like, as you said, from the beginning, it's, it's a whole lot of like, you know, he's still treating his son like he's just a kid and he's not really seeing the impressive things he's doing as the impressive things they are. But yeah. by the end he, he sees it. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that kind of bonding and that kind of appreciation for what his son is doing, especially after, you know, he saves his life and shit at the right. end. But yeah, man, there is so much fucking funny stuff. Like I, if I had only watched Sean Connery being, you know, James Bond by this point, I would have been stunned by how just naturally fucking hilarious he is on right, camera. He's for sure. so good in this. Yeah. I mean, cause, uh, as Bond, I, I've, you know, I still haven't watched all the Bonds, but I have seen him as Bond. And he's using his charm and humor in those, but it's much hunk, more yeah. subdued. He's not, and he's not being the joke. Like in this, he's kind of the joke because he's so like kind of nervous and fidgety and, and less apt as, as, as Indy is like that. He's kind of part, part of the joke is that he, he is this type of person. Uh, he's a fucking so, nerd, dude. Oh, man, when you're tied to that chair, yeah. and he's like, <laughs> see if you can reach my lucky charm, and it's like this lighter with a four-leaf clover on it, and he uh-huh. drops it and just fucking burns everything. Yeah, <laughs> so, yes, he is it. not as, like, capable as Indiana Jones is at doing all these other things, but he's he's got the mind, you know? He, he has all these other things going for him. So, yeah, I, I like they're, they're learning to appreciate each other, yeah. Uh, even though I think it is a weird kind of boomer thing, this like idea of a reconciliation with your father who was shitty, like that's yeah, right? so much For of a real. boomer thing, right? Dude, yes, man, yes, I, I completely get that. Yeah, because there's definitely some some kind of bad blood between these two. I mean, definitely, right. it's like Sean Connery is probably not the best single father in the world, and. I think it says a lot when he has that comment where he's like, you left just as you were getting interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is Which shitty. Which is funny, but kind of sad and shitty, yeah, too. Yeah, it know? is. Like, yeah, because he, he didn't care about him before he was an adult. And that's like, yeah, that's shitty. He, he's a shitty dad. And I think that's an interesting thing that you see kind of generationally has changed where like, boomers really did want to reconcile with their fathers a lot and you do see that a little bit in some gen x stuff but a lot of gen x stuff is kind of like no fuck that i'm not gonna be like him and that's how we've kind of come to this point where you have a lot better fathers and a lot more involved fathers these days oh, than hell ever yeah. had before Absolutely, uh, and so there's a lot man. less of that need for reconciliation <laughs> that's true man that's absolutely true but yeah you're right that is totally a fucking boomer thing isn't it yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you know, any time a boomer's parent dies, like they suddenly become the greatest person that ever lived, and it's like, oh my god, you didn't think that? Tell me about it. <laughs> you didn't think that a couple months ago? Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't think that when they were like living and an emotional terrorist to you, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Holy yeah. shit, man. Uh-huh. Jeez, no, you're exactly right. I love the element too with with Marcus in this. We're like. Marcus is like Indy's dude, and like you said, kind of quasi-mentor and shit, but he's also kind of a bumbling dummy. But once he gets around Indy's dad, well, hell, they used to be buddies, and they're old friends, and they have their stupid fucking secret handshake, and they're just fucking nerds together. I love that. Right. Yeah, it's real fun. Marcus is, uh, as a kid, Marcus was my favorite character. The actor was dying 
of HIV related illness while filming this. No way. Yeah. Crazy. That's just sad. wild. And he's given this great performance uh, while, while going through this very serious, you know, uh, deadly illness. And it, uh, I sucks. just, as a kid, just watching him, it was like, wow, this guy is. He's different. Like, everybody else is trying to be manly, you know? Everybody mm-hmm, else yeah. is trying to show some masculinity. No, not this guy. He doesn't care. He does what he does. Know, he does. <laughs> it's sweaty. Uh, he, you know, the guy offers him water, and of course he knows he can't take the water because it's not clean water. And he says, you know, uh, f- uh, fish, uh, what does he say? F- fish, oh, he's like, fish fornicates in it or fish something. Fish fornicates like in it yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's just, he's kind of like C3PO. Like, as a kid, that's kind of oh how I God, saw him. He's totally C3PO. Man, what? When he's like walking through that crowd and he's like, does anyone speak English? Uh, just bumbling like a fucking tourist. That is totally a C-3PO moment. I hadn't even thought about that. Right. And and like, yeah, as a kid, I just instinctively knew that there was something far different about this character. Huh. And I do think that like, it's not written, but like you've got an actor who's not trying to hide. <laughs> like he's just being himself. And it makes the character so good. Like, it adds so much, like, depth to this kind of, like... You know, he before, he wasn't as lighthearted. Now he's just this kind of, like, silly character who gets lost easily and is easily, like, you know, <laughs> manipulated. Like, he just walks right into the back of that truck. Like, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. But he's still, like, helpful. And he's still, yeah. like... He's he's still a part of the group that helps in a lot of ways, and I I don't know it, it it's a fun little group, and of course we have Sala again, and John Reese Davies is is great in this just as he was before. He's hilarious, like the part where he's like he's got to get the camels for his brother in law, <laughs> and Indiana's like no camels, and then he no like camels. shows up, and he's like Sala, I said no camels, that's five camels, can't you count? like that <laughs> i i love the interactions of these characters they're really funny the four of them together they're great man how do you think uh, speaking of john reese davies as salah like you know we've definitely had a problem with the other two movies in terms of representation and doing you know quite a lot of brown face and these other flicks right yeah. um of course we still do have john reese davies a huge a huge white guy playing a, a yeah moroccan yeah, dude that. right yeah, and we still we still got like issues there with like uh you know the the moment that um uh Henry Sr is is healed all the brown characters drop their guns and run away as if being superstitious which is also a, a weird old like racist trope. Um huh, yeah. Yeah, like it's still there. It's like, you know, it's like they couldn't leave it entirely behind in trying to duplicate these types of serials, but it's also like, I feel like you could have. I feel like you yeah, could have left maybe. that behind. <laughs> you know, it does better, but, you know, again, there is always room in here for, for more representation, hiring more right. actors that are the actual race that they are portraying. Uh, could have done a little better there for sure, right? Yeah, that... that could be improved i think also like you know you you introduce the subplot of these um this religious order that protects the grail yeah yeah 
And they instantly recognize that Indiana Jones is like the white savior. Like yeah. they're all, they're yeah. like, oh, we're gonna kill him for trying to get the Grail. Oh wait, no, you're special. We like you. You're it's better a white than guy. the other. He's gonna yeah. do the right thing with it. Right? Yeah. I don't huh. know. It's it. That's again though. Like I, I think a lot of those are dirty serial tropes that they're yeah. they're duplicating, and they again. I, I it's no excuse as we said it could be improved very much but I think they improved heavily over uh, representation in Temple of Doom for sure oh man Temple of Doom is just it, it's rough man there's so much stuff in there where you watch it and you're like oh god are we really doing this in like a right. legendary franchise Ugh. yeah the fucking yeah, it, food racism and all that shit in there like yeah. at least they're they're doing better than that for sure yeah, for sure, and, and you know it, it, it makes it. I don't know. It, it, it makes it um, to me just makes it real easy when, as we said before, the Nazis are the villains. Like, yeah, yeah. we, you know, we we don't have any ambiguity there. Nobody is sitting and going like, "Well, wait a minute, let's hear their side. Maybe they'll use the artifact for good." No. No, no. Uh-uh. they're the we bad don't guys, want right? Them to get any artifact, <laughs> right? Ever. It's like this movie, even though it is telling you, it's like, yes, I did put brown makeup on Gimli, and I'm trying to sell him as a Moroccan. Even though I am right. doing that, I am also saying the Nazis are wrong. So at least we can right. meet right there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, so I, I, I think that like it, it's, it's always a safe bet to make your villains Nazis. And in this Always. case, uh, they do a good job of representing their, um, their evils. Uh, and it, they also, you know, Spielberg is also doing something that has been done since Chaplin or maybe even before showing them as bumbling idiots. Yes, like, dude. I love yes. that. <laughs> totally. They man. Are. When you they show are like- idiots how in love with their own pageantry and costuming and their fancy little uniforms and their special hats and their little canes, like showing the way that they're just so infatuated with their own aesthetic and their own thing um, to make them look more stupider. I'm totally all about that stuff. You're right. It's like, if there's one group you can stereotype the fuck out of and get away with it and be as ruthless as you want. Sure, dude. Like the way that Nazis get mowed down in this and nobody even bats an eye about doing it. It's just like, well, they're the bad guys. Right. Duh. Of course. (laughs) And that's exactly like perfect. Right. Where it's like, we talked about how, you know, uh, who is really the bad guy in Temple of Doom and, and whatnot? Ugh. And it's like there's no talk of that in this. There, there's no discussion. It's the no. Nazis. The Nazis are the bad guy. They remain the bad guy, and they always will be the bad guy. And that's awesome because when you when you basically want to create this, because like this is a type of world where, as as we said, Indiana Jones is an anti-hero. He's not exactly supposed to be seen as the good guy so much as we're on his side and when you yeah when you set up that the the other side is is just totally evil it's real easy then to to cheer for him and and that's yeah i mean it, it then kind of backfires in the next one that you know we refuse to acknowledge 
uh, when they they have Nazis, but they make them too lighthearted. I feel like yeah, it's too I, I silly. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I'd have to rewatch that movie, but I remember sitting in the theater being uncomfortable. Oh yeah, they just felt like Rocky and Bullwinkle characters to me. Right, it was like what the yep. fuck is this man? Boris and like, Natasha. Was it Boris yeah. and Natasha. Uh-huh, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what they felt like. And it's like yep. I think you're underrating <laughs> the gravity of how evil these fucking people were by yeah. portraying these characters this way. Whereas I think this one does kind of yeah nail the tone. Um, man, it is just so fucking wild to think how many people our age grew up watching these movies where the Nazis are the fucking bad guys because of course they fucking are. Yeah, and then how many people our age have turned around and they're like, "We won't be replaced." Blah. Like, did you not watch this movie enough fucking times? What's the matter with you? Uh, they're not smart. They're not smart. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah. That's a problem. yeah. yeah. Trying to understand yeah. their thought process is like trying. Like, you got to deconstruct your own, and then it's not even worth it. Like, <laughs> they're idiots. <laughs> yeah. Is the answer? I think the more that like. Uh, the more you try to investigate, oh, why be Nazi? It's like, because they fucking suck. Because they're idiots. Because some people yeah. are dumb. Some people with it, with their brains are racist. And they're going to do racist shit. And that's it. And we don't have yeah. to understand them at all. They're no, bullies. No they're racist. They're assholes. Man. Fuck them. Yep. That's right. Fuck that, man. Yep. I'll tell you what. Speaking of representation, you know what is represented, represented, representitiated real good in this here what, flick? What's that? About every mode of transportation known to man. Holy shit. We get boat chases. We get car chases. We get motorcycle chases. We get uh-huh. a blimp. We get right. a tank. Yep. A camel. Fucking. Uh-huh. Every which thing which you can ride upon, it's right here, buddy. That's right. Hell, there's even invisible bridges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're making up new forms of transportation right? in here, aren't they? Yeah. Dude, no, the tank I, scene at the end is so long. It's so, it's so much longer than I remember. It's awesome. It's so tense, too. Like, the the bit where he's, like, being kind of drug along the wall and stuff. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that that tank. Holy shit. They built that. What? <laughs> uh, they yeah. went and built a dang old tank. Yeah, they were they were looking into renting a World War One tank, and then they thought, "Hell, we'll just build it." <laughs> so they built <laughs> what a, a world. Yeah, they built a tank for this movie, and so there's two. They built two. One is the steel tank that you see driving. That's like holy shit. That's a tank. It is. They built. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It, it's not functioning guns or anything, but it you know sure, it sure. functionally is a tank. Um, Holy and shit. then they built the version that they shot for more close-ups, you know, any of the fight scenes or whatnot, or where they're like pushing heads towards treads and whatnot. That's what, that's an aluminum frame on top of a, a regular sort of chassis and whatnot. So it, it gives a little bit more because the, the tank, uh, the world war one tanks didn't have suspensions. Uh, so the tank is jarring as fuck. And apparently the driver <laughs> Not a smooth ride. Yeah. Apparently the driver in between takes when they would be like outside of, of the tank would still be just kind of like shaking because he was just so used to shaking. That's Holy crazy, shit, man. Mm-hmm. Dude, while you're watching this, keep a real close eye out for the part where Indiana Jones's stunt guys definitely the stunt guy doing this uh-huh. one, even though harrison ford did a lot of his stunts he did the stunt yeah. guy jumps from the back of a moving horse 
onto the several tank. feet onto the tank. Like yeah. it's actually so bananas. Badass. It's it's yeah. one of those things that you see and you don't think much about because he does it so well. It looks he does natural. It so well. It's like oh, yeah. of course you do that. And what? dude, there's there's no wires. There's no you know uh, illusions of like depth of field. There's no force no. perspective. Just there's nothing. The that is, yeah, a guy jumping off of a goddamn animal onto a tank that he easily could have like misjudged and gotten fucking run over, oh, chewed up in those treads, anything. Like, it's actually bananas. It really is. I I love. I, I mean. You know, we've just been watching so many action movies other than than the action August movies, and we're watching so much practical stuff. And when, it's just oh man, I miss it. When you see it, and then you see the not real stuff in comparison. God, it's not. There's no. There's comparison. no comparison. There's nope. none. You're not comparing similar things at all. You're comparing a computer painting to. A person driving a car off of a bridge or something, you know, like right. it is insane how, like, how much people, like, how talented these people are, and how these like stunt people can make these things look so effortless and good and real, and like, I, I just, I, I, I hope, and and I can't imagine. Uh, that that there is necessarily a future where we get a ton of practical action movies, but I hope that it just keeps going. Because I know Michael Bay makes some stuff that's a lot more practical. I know Ambulance, people were really into that Ambulance movies because of the practical stuff that he did mm-hmm. in it. So mm-hmm. like, I, I hope it continues, and I'd really like it to get back to the levels it was in the 80s and 90s where it was just like every action movie is a thrill ride with real fucking stunts and practical totally. like collisions and things like I, I i i need that in my life you know, <laughs> like i get it i'm at odds with it in a way too where it's like if you had you know if i was the guy that was like funding this movie and it was in the script that this guy was going to jump from a horse onto a tank and it's like, hey, we got this scene coming up today. Do you want to put a human life at risk and probably even the life of an animal at risk to achieve this where somebody could definitely be permanently maimed, severely injured, or die doing this stunt? Or do you want us to click the space bar on the computer and let the effect run? <laughs> like, I'm at odds where I'm like, well, I kind of want to protect people and keep people from getting harmed but then at the same time these guys that do this shit that are true they want to do it they want to do it that are constant professionals that know how to do this shit like hell i don't want to fucking take away from their craft right it's fucking sick like yeah you know maybe maybe the solution is like let them do it also make sure that they're really fucking trained and make sure they have excellent benefits to back it up absolutely that's that's how i feel like i mean do everything you can for safety i'm pretty sure in that shot they're using the the light tank that is on an actual suspension so it's not gonna be as heavy clearly um, and yeah, you don't want to get tore up in those threads, but you got a guy who can do it and the tank doesn't move that fast. Mm-hmm. They actually, it, the hard part they had was making it look like the horse was going at a speed hauling ass, hauling ass, but it, it isn't because it's going so slow. So interesting. Yeah. So th- those things, you know, do everything you can safety precaution wise, but like, man, I, I don't know. There's just so many. 
so many thrill seeker people in the world who want to do that shit and they've trained to do that shit and they're so good at it they're passionate about yeah. it they're not doing it because they yeah. have to <laughs> they love it yeah so like yes as you said like just make sure they're safe and make sure if they do get hurt that they're taken care of fully uh, that that's what i need that's what i want because like no doubt you know you like for instance let's just say professional wrestling you could replace every single professional wrestler with cgi ai and make it look awesome and whatnot but guess what it's not the same Mm-mm. it doesn't feel the same it doesn't have the same human creativity to it and that's what stuntmen bring that's what stunt coordinators bring and that's that's what real practical stunts bring is the the real world creativity and also that that feel like oh my gosh that's a person like when you see cgi you don't care you can't Mm -mm. your brain doesn't go oh no it just goes like oh that it's an animated thing i don't care i know how they did it yeah like (laughs) impressive creatively that someone thought that up and thought up cool camera angles to show it and the technology to make it possible yeah when you see stunts like this and you know it's real you go I don't know how they did that. Right. That's magic. But, it really I mean, is magic. I, you know, uh, a movie that I just talked about that we, we watched not long ago, The Fall. I mean, the premise of that movie is it's the early days of uh, of uh, movie making and a stuntman gets injured and they basically just abandon him to his fate. Um, right. And, and that, you know, that, that's been an issue stuntmen have been dealing with for a very long time. So I, I you know, as always, we support unions. And definitely support robust safety precautions for all the stuntmen. Hopefully, you know, I, I really wish all of Hollywood would just join the strike. Just everybody. Just say, fuck everybody. it. We're not making anything. <laughs> yeah. Fold up, man. Fold up. Yeah, I get it, man. Dude, as a kid, the part about this movie that always stuck with me was definitely the trials. Where the... yeah. The supernatural ass shit uh-huh. starts popping up when they finally yes. make it to the tomb, and he's got a, you know, his dad is back there injured. He's got to get through the thing with the huge saw blades that come through. There's already that guy that's decapitated. Man, the Indiana Jones cobwebs and meat skeletons are just yes. unbeatable. Absolutely, and, and heads flying off like that's oh my god, so well, <laughs> it's so good. Like I, I yeah, as a kid, like. You know, watching it as an adult, I'm like, those aren't really that tough to figure out. Especially, like, the last one, because there's just a bridge. Like, even... Okay, let's just say you get to it, and you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to jump. You're going to land on the bridge, and then be like, oh, I'm going to jump to the left. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) shit, yeah. (laughs) What if you try to (laughs) outwit it? Idiot. I'm still mesmerized by that shot, though, where the bridge looks invisible, then the camera moves, and you can see it's just a really cool that is really cool effect. Yeah. I'm yeah. still mesmerized by that shot. It's so yeah. fucking neat to me, man. Yeah, it looks great. I, I love, yeah, all that they do with that. Um, like, the test to me as a kid, it was like the bit where it's like uh, Jehovah starts with an eye. I was like, oh, shit, he's going to yeah, fall. Dude. Yeah, Steps right through it, but pulls himself back up. I, Jehovah, like I, Carly, pretty much the same thing. Right. <laughs> and dude, I'd he watch makes that. it to the, yeah, he makes it to the grail room where we got this homeboy who has just been pent up in there, just probably being yeah. border and hell, just 
uh, hanging out in that place, waiting for somebody to show up, huh? You'd be crazy, wouldn't you? He'd have eaten his own head by then, right? Right, yeah, you'd be insane. There'd be no... uh, Unless the... Okay, maybe the... He's drinking that water, right? That's what's keeping him alive. Maybe that cures his, like, mental illness as well. Man, I wish I had to give him a Nintendo Switch or something in there so he could be playing Nintendo. I we don't, don't know. know that he didn't have that, honestly. We don't know that he's not. That's true, man. <laughs> what That's if, true. What if while they were like trying to pick which cup, it just cuts over to him and he's got a, a Game Boy, like an original Game Boy? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's got to have something to do in there. Yeah. That was, uh, they, they originally wanted Sir Lawrence Olivier to play that role, but he Whoa. was by that time uh too too ill to actually shoot it so that would have been interesting he di- he actually ended up dying uh before the film came out or around the time the film came out so hmm. wouldn't have worked but that when i read that i was like oh wow like because uh, i i think that role is it's real small but it always stuck with me like especially i think it's really funny when he goes to swing his sword but like he's so old that like he can't really do it i always thought that was a really funny moment Man, they should make members of Congress take that test. It's like, can you even lift a broadsword? No? You're the fuck out. Retire. I mean, honestly, right? <laughs> can you lift a broadsword? Can you lift a, a broadsword, though? Test. That's a it's not a bad test. test. Yeah. You know? If not, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that guy just been in there hanging out. Can you imagine, like, over the years, you're in there, you're hanging out in your fucking chain mail and, and medieval get up. And you're just seeing people through the ages come into there. Like, at some point in the fucking 70s, he'd have seen some guy coming in there with, like, bell bottoms and, like, a gold chain and all kinds of stuff. And I'd just be like, y'all are wearing what out there now? Now, what are you wearing? <laughs> what? what is this? Bell bottoms? Yeah. What in a whirl? <laughs> I, I think that, like, um, the there's one part in this that, stuck with me and creeped me out as a kid that I don't know if anybody else had this same reaction but hmm. when Elsa is hanging and like reaching for the holy grail yeah this I think it's just great acting uh, on on the part of uh oh shit what's her name Allison Duty uh just duty <laughs> great acting on her part that like she has this like demented kind of look on her face as she's reaching for yes she has this like fucking crazed look that's so funny you point that out because i was thinking the exact same fucking thing there was always a look on her face that's like one step away from like bilbo's scary face when he reaches for the ring she's so close to looking just fucking demented and wild in that one part that always freaked me out too dude yeah, and I think I mean it's a, it's a similar thing to the Bilbo scary face effect because all we've seen of Bilbo up to that point is like he's this like sweet old man, and then that happens. Well, even though we know she's a Nazi, uh, and ideologically she fucking sucks, and and personally she fucking sucks, she still does seem to care primarily about the artifact itself, yeah. and she at that point though. It's an obsession. Like there's something come across in her face that is like not my been precious. there before. Yeah, my yeah, precious dude. type of obsession. That yeah, and because our two characters have overcome that, that's now like 
bad to us. <laughs> like, it's a real cool, interesting switch moment where she goes from, like, everything's okay. Like, she just kind of is obsessive in the same way they are, but, you know, she sucks because she's on the Nazi side. To like, oh, she's obsessive in a demented way, in a very scary way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, dude, that's something, too, that I really appreciate about this franchise, well, specifically the first and third ones, is the way that they they drug in the, the real-life obsession of the, of the Nazis with myth and mythical yeah. objects and shit. Like, yeah. You know, every, everybody knows the surface-level stuff about uh, the Nazis, which is why we all rightfully fucking hate them. But right. in their mythology, they had so much wild-ass shit, wild-ass shit, like obsession with fucking Atlantis. Like, they were right. always looking uh-huh. for Atlantean artifacts. Yeah, Judeo-Christian artifacts and shit. Right. Um, Viking Age shit, like... There was so much bizarre ass shit with the Nazis and the occult and even, uh, you know, more, yeah, Giorgio Christian artifacts and stuff. I like that this drug it all into here, you know? Wait, are you telling me that people that are prone to extreme right-wing fascist thinking will believe in really strange ideas and Now, hang on. I didn't say that exactly. I didn't say that (laughs) word for word. Did I? Ugh, fuck a Nazi. Oh my god, dude. Speaking of Elsa, this is one thing that I picked up on too this time that I had never really noticed before. But whenever it is, it, it's Indy and Donovan and Elsa, and they're all in the grail room, and Donovan's like shopping for the perfect grail or whatever, does Elsa know that she has given him the wrong yeah, one? She I seems so. to fucking know. Yeah, yeah, she... um. She doesn't care for him and knows that he probably will double cross her. Um, yeah, I, I think she she gives him the wrong information. What's real interesting to me is that even as a kid who didn't go to church, even as a kid who didn't grow up in a religious family, I knew Jesus, the Jesus I had heard of, would not want the most ornate cup. And uh-huh. I thought as a kid, like, oh, that's kind of dumb. Now, as an adult, knowing as many Christians as I do, it's uh, it's accurate. They're it, hmm. like they don't know they don't know the Bible. They don't know well, the yeah. scriptures. Yeah. <laughs> they think they think they believe in the prosperity gospel. They believe that that God is supposed to give them mansions and money, and other people are poor because they don't believe good enough. They believe that, and so they would they would very easily be tricked into believing that Jesus's cup was uh, gold and full of jewels, because you know we're all gonna live all the all the good people are gonna live in mansions in heaven and have you know all the cars and uh, backyard pools and whatnot you want because that's what heaven. Oh, you're is. saying they're they're in the what would Joel Olstein do gospel? Right, <laughs> absolutely. And so you yeah. know, I, as an adult, I've I've come to understand like yeah, absolutely, actually. This is the type of person, and, and the Nazis are the type of idiots that would totally believe that. They'd just be like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, Jesus, he's like a powerful wizard. So, of course, he'd have Got a powerful wizard cup. cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, the cup's powers. You mentioned this earlier. Those are some fucking limited-ass stats, dude. It's like when you're... <laughs> You know, it's like when you get that one rare drop item in an RPG right. and you're like, oh my God, I've never fucking seen this before. What's it do? And it's like, oh, it makes you immune to all status ailments. Wait, 
but only when your HP is at one? <laughs> right, damn it. like how helpful is this? <laughs> this isn't helpful at all. It's like, yeah, this thing will give you eternal life and uh, heal yeah. wounds and all this shit, but, well, yeah, you got to stay here. Right, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it is It is very much, and that's what makes it perfect because, like, the, you know, the the adventure where you end up getting the prize and the prize gives you everything you'd ever want, the end, uh, I mean, that's fun for the audience to be like, yay, our, our heroes got what they wanted. But the one where the prize is, in this case, the friend you made along the way, your dad. You get a dad. And you yeah. get a dad. And you get a dad. Right. It's it, like the story isn't about getting the artifact. It's about the relationship being, you know, forged together. Father and son coming to understand one another totally man and getting to watch a nazi's fucking face melt off as he ages at a million miles per hour i'm still not really sure how they did that effect dude oh um okay so you know the the first couple of stages are makeup obviously and then the the next few stages are are uh full-size puppets basically that they really uh, yeah it it looks great right like yeah. i mean you know it like i don't know there's something about the practicality of it where it's like yeah i know that's not a real human body like you know decomposing in front of me but it feels like it has some solidity to it because it, it does. does yeah yeah man the shot from like the back of his head where his hair is just growing yeah, rapidly it's so gross Oh, man. And then uh, Kate pointed out, she's like, I always thought he looked like Doc Brown for just a split second. Oh, shit, he does. He totally does. He He totally does, man. He looks like Doc Brown. That's awesome. He's getting them gigawatts running through him, dude. Just killing the living (laughs) fuck out of him. Great looking effect. I mean, overall, like, there's... There's not a lot of effects in this that have aged badly. There's some green no. screen stuff where you can right. tell, like, okay, yeah. obviously, you know, they weren't really in a plane when they filmed this and shit, but fuck, I'll allow it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's industrial light and magic, and, and then, like, you know, uh, they did a lot of just, you know, practical stuff that, that was common for the time, like matte paintings and whatnot, but also, uh, you know, as you said, uh, it's it's, you know, there's not, like, any real computery type of stuff going on very much but yeah they've got some blue screen stuff and, and whatnot uh but mostly you know most of what you see is pretty much practical so that's i mean that that it it, it it boggles the mind that something what is this 89 so we're talking 34 years ago this yeah. came out and i watch it and i i I see the effects and I, I know how they're done and whatnot, but like my brain doesn't ever get that tingling you get when you see bad CGI. It doesn't ever yeah, get that like feeling of like I've I've been detached from what I'm watching. I'm suddenly in the reality of that yep. looks like shit. Um yep. nope. Yeah. So it it has staying power and the effects the practical effects have 
this uh, lasting effect too, because you know so many people were scared to death of that transition. Uh, oh, it just like the shit out of me, yeah. You know the face melt in in, uh, in Raiders or the the heart rip in Temple of Doom. Like they they all three have a moment where they're like, "Oh, here's a nightmare for the kids." <laughs> <laughs> that was the really fun thing about you know watching these as a kid is like, yeah, you did have big swashbuckling good guy escapes with the pretty lady and he punches right. the bad guy in the face stuff and then uh-huh. holy shit that was fucked up and scary <laughs> don't worry the good guys are back at it again and they rode yeah. off into the sunset like it was very much like a fun sandwich with these flicks watching them as a kid but man they yeah. did have some terrifying ass shit in them for sure yeah yeah and i i think that's um that's something that like a lot of movies forget today because you know you want you want to make sure it's age appropriate and whatnot. And it's like, I feel like a scare is appropriate at every age. Totally. Right. Like we all want it. Like even babies want to have a little peekaboo, you know, they don't, they want to be like, Oh God, my mom disappeared from the earth. Holy shit. She's back. (laughs) Whoa. That was awesome. It is kind of innate in us, isn't it? Yeah. No matter what the age is. Yeah. I I think it's, it's titillating. Like, um, I mean, I know you, grew up religious and didn't get to watch a lot of stuff anna was talking about the same that she you know she obviously was uh just like you not allowed to watch a lot of uh certain movies that were considered inappropriate but you both grew up watching indiana jones movies totally (laughs) so like it's not only like you know considered appropriate family entertainment but it snuck in there for the religious kids that did get to watch it it snuck in some horror like it's yeah, stuck in a little true. bit of like, hey, what about this? What if that was and a whole like movie? <laughs> supernatural shit too. Like right, it's not yeah. just like, oh, some guy got his head blown off with a shotgun. It's like, no, no, no. These are angels from the fucking right. extra dimension that are melting yes. people's faces off in the name of the Lord. Like it, it snuck in <laughs> supernatural shit too. Fuck yeah. It it also made the religion because you know. Uh, I assume for religious kids, it made the religious nonsense you're hearing on Sundays now more fun. You're yeah. like, wait, what? That's in there? Holy shit. And then you find out it's not actually in there, and it's like, oh, it is just boring. <laughs> yeah, but Indiana Jones is still Indiana. fucking cool, man. Hell yeah. They finally nailed it. Like, really watching yeah, these three so. movies, you know, for the show really exposed the, uh, you know, the, the, the flaws in the armor, so to speak, the errors yeah, that us, they made uh-huh. in making those first two. But goddamn, dude, this, this movie still rules. It is so... Mm-hmm so well paced man it's like the set pieces info dumps set pieces fights adventure comedy like there is a rhythm to this movie that is just so fucking good right yeah no it it works so well like to to the knowing that we as kids watched this movie over and over and over and it's over two hours yeah like that's an afternoon clearly has a rhythm to it that 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 keeps you entertained regardless if you know what's going on yep yep spielberg was definitely batting a thousand with this one wasn't he yeah absolutely so fucking good you got any other uh any critiques comments no, uh, man, observations I'm, about this thing i mean i could talk about it for another couple hours but i think i'm ready to slap uh, a rating on this because uh now, you know, this is, uh, we've we've kind of tipped our hand, uh, I think, the best Indiana Jones movie. I, I haven't seen the new one. I am interested. I, I will watch it. I hear it's I, good. 
yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard some 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 positives. So I'll give I'll give it a shot as soon as I can. But uh, I think this is the best Indiana Jones movie. And even though you know I have my critiques of the other two, I can still watch them at any time. Uh, but this one is one I can throw on and thoroughly enjoy every single time. Totally. Um, I don't. You know, I don't think uh, I have any real complaints about the film. I I think, you know, yeah, considering that he has like a love interest in the first two, and they they you know, there's no follow up on it. To have him have kind of like a uh, a love interest who turns out to be bad is great it's perfect right because then we know there's not going to be a follow-up and that's good we don't want she fell in a hole that's good like yeah <laughs> either <laughs> either we lady. want him to be married to marion ravenwood which we really don't want because when you do get it it's like oh well this sucks uh or we want him to you know uh we want him to be with femme fatales who you know are hot and uh are trying to kill him a little bit that's fun um so I, I think that like the way that uh, th- you know looking back on this, trying to find flaws, trying to find something that you know I would change or that I think just wasn't done well. It's like gosh, I I may be just looking through the the nostalgia glasses, but boy, I, I think it's it's just up there uh, as far yeah. as action adventure films overall. It is the best Indiana Jones film. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, Spielberg's got a million great movies, but it is one one of my favorite Spielberg movies. It's up there because it has all the action adventure I love, the humor as as we've been talking about. I feel good about the, the villain. I I don't uh, I don't really care about the religious angle and never really did, but it's it's interesting because it was some it's accessible i feel like even if you don't know religious stuff uh it's accessible for most americans to know just the little tidbits that you need to understand what's going on but Mm -hmm. i you know as we said there's still a little bit you know we got some brown some brown face there's not great representation of the middle eastern characters but it's also not as terrible as it's been in the past and we're you know we're talking 1989 so spielberg's trying something at least that's that's good to say so i guess when i'm slapping a rating on this uh this is real high on my list but also maybe not perfect uh so i guess i'm gonna give it like a nine and a half i think that's pretty fucking understandable man i'm right there with you it's like are there things that we could academically you know get mad at um absolutely sure you know for sure whether it be better female characters better um non-white characters and stuff yes absolutely but i will still say and and again, I do have the nostalgia for this because I've watched it my whole life. Uh-huh, when I too. sit down and watch this movie, I am fucking entertained from start to yeah. finish. Even yep. though I've seen it a million times, I know exactly what's going to happen in every scene. I am still so fucking entertained by it, even after watching it for you know the vast majority of my life. So I can't give it anything other than a 10. It's just such a fucking joy yeah, to watch. That's fair fun flick this is one that i will say like everybody should see and even if you don't really like 
know or enjoy the two that came before it, you don't really have to. No, you don't. Have I mean, to like see we it. said, you know, the first one, India has basically fuck all to do with. The second one is a prequel and is never referenced again. Yeah. So doesn't really matter to the no. entire you know storyline or character arcs or anything. So you could pretty much just start here and it's fine. It is. It is. I mean, Marcus Brody's a different character than he is in the first one, so there's not really a follow up. Sala, yeah, you know, they don't really do much introducing of him here, but John Reese Davies sells it immediately. You're like, oh, I like this guy. He's funny. So yeah, yeah. I think you could just start here and finish here if you wanna. I mean, Probably, man. Probably. Well worth seeing. It's great. We look forward to hearing what you guys think about it on our social media pages, our Instagriddles, our our X page. Fuck me, dude. My fucking Twitter <laughs> just changed to X when I updated yeah. all my apps earlier yeah. today. So fucking lame. X, dude. Like what? It the- is. It Come is. Come on, dude. I, I feel like if like if you were making an app during the. 1998 phase where everything was extreme and people were slamming surge at the x games you probably would have called your app x but you know what it's 20 fucking 23 right now it is give it a fucking rest of that anyway you can find us on social media use our link tree page to find that um, especially hang out in our Facebook group. It's a great place to chat with like-minded or film fans. And you guys can also find our Patreon page. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Uh, uh, got the, the, the uh, Hell Rankers episodes up there. If you become a patron on any level, you get access to the Patreon exclusive stuff, including the Treehouse of Horror episode that, that just went up. Um, and we got, we got a Fast and the Furious Hell Rankers coming out at the end of the month. If you become a patron on a $5 level, you get to submit a movie to the Smoke and Bowl, and then we, once a month, draw from the Smoke and Bowl, and then we cover the movie we draw from the Smoke and Bowl. Uh, and I've already posted for Smoke and Bowl uh, submissions this month, and let me tell you, there's a whole lot of good-ass movies on there. Ooh. So if you haven't Damn. thrawn in, head on over there. We'll be doing the, the drawing in, in, a, in about a week. So All right. get your ass over. Get your ass over and give you boys some dollar papers. And also be sure to tune in to the next installment of Action August. Flying plane. They say that as they go overhead. Flying uh-huh. plane. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a fucking Street Fighter character move. Flying plane. <laughs> flying plane. <laughs> You'd be fighting your buddy and be like, quit doing flying plane. You're cheating. No, I'm not. Yeah, flying absolutely. Plane. Flying plane. Flying plane. <laughs> I can't even stand up. Flying plane. Flying plane. Oh, man. That's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The worst. So next week, we put up a vote on our Facebook group, and you guys had a couple of options to choose from uh-huh. for uh, our fourth Action, Al- Action August installment. Uh-huh. And you guys made the right goddamn fucking choice because you guys I, voted Arnie. Yeah, I was surprised as shit because they're you know landslide listen, victory. I listen. I love this movie, The Running Man. Fuck uh, yeah! I I know it to be of high value, and I know you, our listeners, to be smart and intelligent people. But when I put Top Gun on there. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm thinking, oh, well, that's probably just going to be a landslide. No, it's it's the running man or Mortal Kombat. I love you. I love you all. (laughs) Great choices. Great fucking choices. I'm excited to do the running man. I don't think I've seen this movie, but one time, dude. Oh, okay. Seriously. And I loved it, obviously. Okay. Yeah. No, I am excited 
to talk about it. Uh, and I'll just go. I'll go ahead and and uh, say one of the things we're definitely going to talk about is how. <laughs> The Running Man is about a dystopian future, and somebody saw that and said that's a good idea, and made American Gladiators. I need to watch that fucking Netflix series. I heard it's really good and fucked up. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to try to watch it before the Running Man episode because yeah. yeah, American Gladiators is directly inspired by. The Running Man, and that it's just such a weird cultural moment that we had there, where we watched a show where average people got the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> How about we do that? You know? That sounds Let's great. Just fucking do that. Oh my god! So yeah, be sure to tune in next week, uh, and we'll be talking about that one, and probably doing some really good Arnie impressions, and talking our favorite Arnie zingers. If I recall, that movie is chock full yes. of fucking Arnie yes. zingers, right? So, yeah, tune in then. I'll be Uncle Ben. I'll be Hollywood Steve. And we'll be dead and lovely. Catch you guys on the flip side. See ya. See ya later, lovelish. Dad! I can't, I can't do a Harrison <laughs> Ford. Who I can? It sounded like Yeah, that was yeah, probably sure. that was Harrison Ford. Anyway, bye. See ya later. So, Ben, I was driving the other day, and I saw a sign that said, End School Speed Limit. And oh. For a second, I thought it was a political campaign sign. I no thought kidding. there was, <laughs> I thought there was a push here in Portland, Oregon, to just end school speed limits in general. Like, fuck those kids. I don't want to go 20 <laughs> miles per hour. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Teach them kids to look twice before they cross the road. You better duck and dodge if you want to walk across the street in Portland, kid. Don't call a school bus. Call a hearse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. End the school speed limit. I like that. school speed limit. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, that's some stuff that, like, that's our future, right? Somebody is going to make that campaign and it's going to build some steam. We're going to have to deal with people being like, what do they need us to slow down for anyway? Any slowing down you're doing is just keeping you from getting to work at the, the, the Facebook factory. People don't want to work no more. They want to slow down so they don't hit kids. Shoot. They got to get back in them meta mines and get back to meta mining. <laughs> Mind me a meta. I need it. Yeah. Fuck him, kids.